This is MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. And also brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. The following is a presentation of MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR racing. The year was 1955. The town, Loudoun, New Hampshire. Keith Breyer carved out a one-fifth mile dirt track and opened the Breyer Motorsports Park to competitive racing. From the ashes of that bull ring has risen New England's largest sports venue, the 80,000-seat New Hampshire International Speedway. Today, for the third time ever, the NASCAR Winston Cup Series visits New Hampshire and its 80-foot-wide, one-mile super speedway. Defending race winner Ricky Rudd likes this track because of its win. There's plenty of racing room here. New Hampshire's a place you can run side by side, and sometimes the outside groove is faster than the inside groove, and when you have a track like that, generally you see some really good side by side racing. The 1995 NASCAR Winston Cup season reaches its halfway point today in front of a sold-out grandstand and temperatures in the 70s in Loudoun, New Hampshire. The Slick 50 300 next. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goodies Headache Powders and Pain Relief Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Loudoun, New Hampshire. It is an overcast afternoon. Temperature in the high 60s, low 70s, but we are set to go racing today. And Barney Hall, what a story here as the season reaches its halfway point. This is the tightest point race since the current NASCAR Winston Cup point system was instituted back in 1975. Well, everybody said uh, a couple of races ago, it looks like this point system is going to go all the way down to Atlanta like it did in recent years. And if the guys don't have any problems, there's at least three or four cars that are going to be up there challenging for it right to Atlanta. There's a lot at stake today for who comes out of here leading the Winston Cup points. Right, just 16 points separate first from third, and the man who leads the NASCAR Winston Cup point battle after today's Slick 5300 takes home a $50,000 bonus from Gatorade. We'll be talking more about that as our afternoon continues. And of course, Barney also on the line today, the biggest payoff potentially from the Unical Challenge that we've seen all season long $106,400 on the line for Mark Martin should he win from the best seat in the house. And I haven't checked, uh, checked the uh, list of what the winner will get, but i got a feeling that's a little bit bigger check than he would get for winning the race here today. So potentially, whoever comes out of here, should it be the pole winner winning the race, he can walk out of here with a little better than $200,000. 41 drivers have qualified for this event. The race is 300 laps. That equates to 317 and a half miles around the speedway. As soon as we come back, we'll head trackside and hear from some of the starters in today's Slick 50 300. Back with you here in New Hampshire. You know, Kyle Petty talked about his likes or other people's dislikes for flat track racing, but if there's a man in this field whose driving style is tailor-made for New Hampshire, it's got to be Ted Musgrave. Remember, Ted led this race here last year, took the lead from Ernie Irvin back at lap 112 a season ago. Gary Montgomery's with Ted Musgrave. Well, Ted, uh, a whole bunch of great finishes this year. A second at Martinsville, a second at Pocono, a third place finish at Dover. Last week, a great run at uh, Daytona for fifth place. You led here last year, finished in the top 10, uh, qualifying uh, not that great, 17, but I understand you were very, very quick in practice. Well, yeah, that's just what it is. You try to get the car feeling really good here on a flat racetrack like New Hampshire. It's altogether different than a racetrack similar to a Dover or a Rockingham or places like that. So 
just getting this car to get the right feel is what we're looking for right now. What about the changing uh, weather conditions here? Cloudy and then sun. What have you done to adjust for that, if anything? Well, that's true. When we were here on uh, Thursday and Friday, we were up in a 90-degree bracket. And right now, I feel like it might be in the high 70s, and that looks about uh, to be cloudy all day. So uh, it looks like we're going to have to loosen the car up, and the guys can adjust on this car pretty uh, heavily during pit stops. So I think they took the right decision and put the right springs in with rubbers in them, and we can put a lot of wedge and stuff in the car in and out. Very adjustable today. That's been a trade of this crew all season long, uh, picking up a number of spots on each pit stop. Yeah, that's true. You know, the, the Family Channel team does good for me every time they come in. You know, we can pick up two or three positions that I don't have to fight so really uh, so hard on the racetrack and destroy the car. So if I could just pick off a few uh, off and on every every run and the guys can help me out in the pits, pick off a few, we'll be in the front again. Well, you've been knocking on the door and you're looking for that first ever Winston Cup win maybe here today in the Slick 50. Well, it's a, it's a racetrack that suits my style. Like I say, I hope we uh, got the right springs and, and combination stuff in it because we had a rain out here on uh, yesterday and no practice, so it's an educated guest today. So Ted Musgrave looking forward to today's run here in New Hampshire under these cloudy skies right now. We're coming back to talk with more of the drivers as we await the green flag and the command of fire engines here in Loudoun, New Hampshire. Welcome back, everyone. We are with you at the New Hampshire International Speedway. Fans have basically all found their seats now looking around. There is uh, not a spot to be had here. I tell you, this is, uh, I guess you know that you've made it, and certainly this racetrack has, when you see folks out there scalping tickets for $300, $350 and more. And <coughs> excuse me, I'm sure the Bear family could probably have sold uh, another forty or 50,000 tickets if they'd had the seats here. I heard somebody talking in the garage area this morning that said they had a waiting list of over, I believe they said 15 or 18,000 people on permanent seating tickets here when they can build a seat. So this has been one of the most popular racetracks, certainly in the Northeast. Darrell Waltrip is here this weekend with a starting spot back in 32nd. DW is driving chassis number 001 for the first time this season. It's kind of a bit of a background to that story. It's not really the very first chassis, kind of like the rebuilt version thereof. But he's got it all the way back in 30-second starting spot. Let's hear from Darrell Waltrip. Well, they're getting uh, Darrell strapped in here. Darrell, how about old chassis 001? Is it capable today of going from 30-second to first? Uh, I wish that number meant something good, but I'm not real sure. The guys have worked real hard, and the Western Auto cars decent, but I don't know if we're good enough to win the race or not. Uh, didn't get any practice yesterday afternoon, and that's got us worried to death. That happened to us at Pocono, and we lost an engine right on the start of the race. We don't anticipate that happening today, but uh, it's hard to say. Everybody's got these rear sway bars hooked up, and we don't have, uh, so we'll just have to see how it goes. We got our standard old setup for tracks like this, Martinsville, Phoenix. So we'll see how it goes. We just pray for a, we just need a good finish. That's Darrell Waltrip and what he means that rear sway bar that helps these cars on these flat rate tracks get around the corners a lot better than the old standard way of putting a rear end in the car. Darrell's got some good company alongside. Sterling Marlin flanks him on the inside of that row getting ready to start here in just a moment. Let's get his thoughts. Sterling, a seven-point lead going for that $50,000 from Gatorade, but starting a bit further back in the pack than you would like. How about today's race? Well, it's a little further back than we wanted. Uh, I just messed up qualifying, had a good lap, and uh, got real loose in three and four. And they got us back here. Uh, we changed some things this morning on the car. Didn't get a last practice. And uh, we're just guessing right now, so I think we'll be in pretty good shape. How about the pit position selection, the last one outside of turn four? Is that going to affect you that much? What much? How much difference does that make at a track like this? Well, I think Tony done a real good job selecting. Uh, we're by ourselves. Nobody's behind us. Uh, nobody in front get blocked in. So uh, I think we got the best pit here. 
That's Sterling Marlin talking about the pit selection. He's got the very last pit as you come off of turn number four. And by qualifying back in the pack, Tony Glover opted to select that where they don't have anybody in front of them or behind them, so they have a lot of room to maneuver. 41 teams in the field for today's race. Only New York State driver Eric Smith failed to qualify. He was involved in a practice accident here. He's just fine, but failed to qualify for today's event. The 41 drivers who are in the field, 41st is Chuck Bound from Portland, Oregon. He used to live right up the road here in Laconia, New Hampshire. 40th, Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania. 39th starter, Brett Bodine from Chemung, New York. 38th will be Jimmy Hensley of Ridgeway, Virginia. And Bobby Hillen out of Midland, Texas will go 37th. 36th, Lake Speed from Jackson, Mississippi. And out of St. Louis, Missouri, Mike Wallace will start 35th. 34th will be Steve Grissom from Gadsden, Alabama. Alabama. Edgerton, Wisconsin's Rich Bickle drives for Dick Brooks this weekend in the Pontiac. He'll go 33rd. 32nd, you've heard from Darrell Walchip out of Franklin, Tennessee. And 31st, Sterling Marlin from Columbia, Tennessee. And 30th on the field, Jeff Burton from South Boston, Virginia. 29th starter, John Andretti from Indianapolis, Indiana. 28th on the field, Todd Bodine from Chemung, New York. 27th starter, Ward Burton from South Boston, Virginia. Starting 26th, Bobby Hamilton from Nashville, Tennessee. Elton Sawyer from Chesapeake, Virginia, will be starting in 25th position. 24th, Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin. Marcus says he's going to have a good run here today. 23rd is Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington. 22nd, Jeff Bodine of Chabung, New York. And Jeff Gordon, who had a little problem on his qualifying here on Friday, found himself leading second round qualifying yesterday, but he puts him all the way back in 21st position. We'll introduce the top 20 for you here in just a moment, but right now, trackside, our grand marshal for this weekend, Bob Drivers, Smith. start your engines. The Republican senator from New Hampshire with the command to fire the engines. Now the top 20 starters, Rusty Wallace out of St. Louis will go 20th, 19th, Ricky Craven from Newburgh, Maine, 18th starter, Dale Earnhardt from Kannapolis, North Carolina, and from Franklin, Wisconsin, Ted Musgrave will start 17th. 16th is Hutch Strickland of Calera, Alabama, out of Owensboro, Kentucky, now making his home in Goodlettsville, Tennessee, Jeremy Mayfield, he'll start 15th. 14th is Dale Jarrett from Hickory, North Carolina, out of Corpus Christi, Texas, Terry Labonte starts 13th. 12th will be Dick Trickle from Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. And 11th is Morgan Shepard, the veteran from Conover, North Carolina. And 10th position on the field, Ken Schrader from Fenton, Missouri. 9th position, Michael Waltrip, Owensboro, Kentucky. Starting 8th, Kyle Petty, we heard from a moment ago, out of Random, North Carolina. Ricky Rudd will be starting 7th from Chesapeake, Virginia. 6th position, Rick Mast of Rockbridge Bass, Virginia. Our fifth starter is Bobby Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas. Starting fourth, Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia. Starting third, Joe Nemechek of Lakeland, Florida. And on the front row, Robert Presley of Asheville, North Carolina. And from Batesville, Arkansas, on the bush pole, Mark Martin. Quite a field and quite a mix up there of the good, a lot of good cars way back toward the tail end of the field. Jeff Gordon in the middle of the field and some of the real strong cars at the front of the field. It'll be very interesting to watch everybody try and thrash their way to the front. What we're going to be seeing now on the racetrack, something a bit unusual because of all the rain here yesterday. There are going to be two pace cars out there, Elmo Langley driving one in front of the first 20 cars, a second pace car then being driven in front of the next 21 cars. The teams never had a chance to establish what their tech would read with the correct 
pit road speed because of the rain yesterday. They'll give them two laps at pit road speed so the drivers can check their tacks. Then they will have four more laps at a bit of a quicker pace because, again, because of the rain, teams were not able to seat in the brake pads that will be used today. Teams always change their brakes and what have you, getting set from practice and qualifying to race day. And since all of that was washed out here yesterday, they'll do that braking procedure here in pre-race as well. So we're about six laps away from green flag competition. We'll have it for you from New Hampshire in a moment. NASCAR Today is produced by MRN Radio and sponsored by Goodies Headache Powders and Pain Relief Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. From the New Hampshire International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. It wasn't just built to be a museum. It was built to be a shrine to the history, heritage, and future of the sport we love. This is our house, the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and it's packed full of classic and present-day cars, including Petties, Earnhardts, and Waltrips, as well as interactive experiences, realistic racing simulators, and much more. Plan a trip to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Tickets at NASCARHall.com. NASCAR Hall of Fame. This is our sport. This is our house. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Slick 50 300. Sponsored by Raybestos Brakes. When it comes to safety, don't compromise. Say Raybestos, the best in brakes. By Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. By Pontiac, the official pace car of NASCAR, 24 years running. Pontiac, we are driving excitement. By Anheuser-Busch, brewers of smooth bush beer and easy drinking bush life. Head for the mountains of bush. By Unical 76, for quality gasoline, keep your eye on the ball. By Goodyear. Winners of more major racing championships than any other tire company in the world. Goodyear, number one in racing, number one in tires. By STP, makers of fuel performance additives like STP Super Concentrated Fuel Injector Cleaner and STP Gas Treatment. Go with STP and drive a better car. And by Gatorade Thirst Quencher, the official sports beverage of NASCAR. Hey, life's a sport. Drink it up. Good afternoon again, everyone. Welcome back to New Hampshire International Speedway. A most unusual sight. You've got one pack of 20 cars led by Elmo Langley. 
A second pack of 21 led by Buster Auten driving another Corvette pace car. And now finally, after all the teams have established pit road speed, the two packs will begin to close in. Alan Bestwick said from his vantage point, reminded him of the old Australian pursuit race where if the second pack caught the first pack, the first pack had to go to the garage area. It was a bit of an unusual look. Yeah, it could be a tag deal if you get up yeah. there and bump the guy, then you're out, something like that. But it was an unusual start. Actually, we haven't started the race, but to see him get out there and do that. These clouds overhead beginning to thicken a little bit here. Now, they're not particularly rain clouds, but they could be because they're beginning, once they start building up as the afternoon goes by, if this temperature stays down, there was a front that was moving through this area earlier this morning, but they said there was only about a 10% chance of any stray thunder showers, but it kind of looks, kind of looks buggery to see the clouds that black overhead. Definitely so. Right now, Elmo Langley will pick up the pace just a bit in that Corvette pace car, and the procedure will begin now for the teams to get their brakes all set. Jim Phillips, we touched on that earlier, but you are a, a former pit crew member yourself. What exactly will happen to the brakes here? What did they hope to accomplish in the early part of practice yesterday with the brakes that they couldn't get done? It's kind of like a new tire, Eli. They want to scrub off that excess rubber. These new brake pads, they want to get some heat in them and scrub off the outer edge of them that will make them grip the rotors. You want to get some heat in the rotor, too. So that's what they're doing is kind of scrubbing off the edge. And again, this is normally something that takes place during practice on Saturday or the day before the event. But with all of that practice having been washed out here yesterday, NASCAR has allowed the teams the opportunity to take care of that procedure here prior to the start of the Slick 5300. Today's broadcast of the Slick 5300 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the New Hampshire International Speedway to MRN Radio solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. Cars. I was going to say, this is a great-looking racetrack, isn't it? Yeah, it's a beautiful here. facility of what they've done to it from the first time we came here. The infield was a little bit rough. They had uh, quite a bit of water and kind of swamp and everything else in there, but they've been able to work around that, and they have built a new garage, a completely new garage, since uh, we came here that first race a couple of years ago, three years ago, I believe, to be exact. So one, the indication now as they come through the turn, one more lap and we'll go green. Exactly right. So why don't we take the lap here to familiarize you with the voices you'll be hearing during today's race in his familiar position behind a billboard between turns one and two from Hampton, Virginia, Joe Moore. Thanks, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. Got a great view of the cars when they come to the end of the front straightaway and make their move through this flat turns one and two. Of course, a whole racetrack flat, therefore very much a handling racetrack. The groove coming off turn one drops right down to the edge of the asphalt surface. And then, once you come off turn two, it goes right up against the outside retaining wall. As one of the drivers said, as we get into the race, suddenly the outside lanes will start to open up, so we'll begin to see some passing coming through turns one and two. We'll follow all the action here at this tight end of the racetrack, turns one and two here this afternoon. And they build up a pretty good head of steam down that short back straightaway before they get into turn number three. And Alan Bestwick, depending on who you talk to, that can be the most critical part of this racetrack, getting in three and four. Turns three and four are identical to what Joe Moore described in turns one and two basically flat just 12 degrees of banking and you got to get the car down to the bottom of the racetrack but for some reason the drivers can't seem to explain this end of the racetrack feels slicker to them it's harder to get a hold of with the race car they say that if they're going to have a problem with any place on the racetrack this afternoon this is the end of the speedway they'll be most concerned about alan bestwick from our vantage point looks like kilroy with his head just sticking up over top of the budweiser billboard out there between turns three and four he's got a great view of the action here comes elmo 
Langley now brings the Corvette safety car down pit road. Mark Martin and Robert Presley on the front row as we're set to go racing here in the Granite State of New Hampshire. Down the line and on the start, green flag goes in the air and Mark Martin gets a good start. He'll pull out front of everybody as he gets into turn one all by himself. Presley trying to get alongside. Presley's working the outside lane first alongside Joe Nemechek, but now Presley tries to go for the lead to the outside of Mark Martin. While he's there, Nemechek looks down low. Martin will grab the lead by himself at the end of the backstretch. Nemechek inside of Presley for second. Bobby Labonte holds down fourth. Ricky Rudd is fifth. Trying to work down to the inside. Nemechek has a nose up underneath Presley. Nemechek, who won a NASCAR Bush Series race here against Dale Earnhardt in 1992. He'll yield second to Presley. Mark Martin leads lap number one. The first of 300 laps cleanly complete now as the leaders are back in turn one. Ford shows the way with Mark Martin. Here's Presley getting up out of the groove. Contact now. Presley into the side of Joe Nemechek. Both able to recover as they make their way off turn two. But Nemechek lifting off the gas opens the door for Bobby Labonte, who runs up to his inside at the entrance of turn number three. Labonte's going to grab the third spot. Nemechek tries to slide down behind him, keep Ricky Rudd from going underneath. Dale Jarrett gets spun in traffic, comes up and contacts the wall in the middle of turn number three. Dave Marcus spins around, avoiding further contact, and Jarrett has bounced off the concrete in the middle of the corner. Caution is on the speedway. It will be the first one of the afternoon. It didn't take long to get the yellow flag on this one. Just two laps have been completed, and we're under caution. Let's go back to turn three. Barney, somewhere back in the middle of the field on the back straightaway, one of the drivers came out of the gas. I couldn't see exactly which one it was, but it sent everybody behind him scrambling, some of them three and four wide. When they got to the end of the backstretch and everybody started trying to assimilate back into it at bare maximum double wide formation, looked like Jarrett got nipped from behind in that traffic and in that squeeze. The car got around, came up, backed into the outside wall with the very left rear corner of it. Now, it doesn't look like it's been damaged all that badly. The thing they'll probably be most concerned about is whether that spoiler is up in the air enough to keep the car gripped to the racetrack. He has driven away. Same thing almost happened on lap number one. There was a slow up in the middle of the pack there in turn number three. Whether it was Jarrett's car that didn't get through the corner or again, as Alan said, maybe somebody just in front of him was checking up, what have you. It was tough to tell, but we were keeping an eye on that as well on the very first lap and they almost had that kind of problem. And it finally does bring out a caution here at lap number two. Back with you here at New Hampshire, the field getting a one-to-go signal, and at the same time, the black flag is being shown to Jeff Bodine. His number has just gone up on the board, number seven, that's his car number, and the black flag, Jim Phillips, was this related to the incident with Dale Jarrett? According to uh, the sources of the Jarrett pit, Jeff Bodine is the man that turned Dale Jarrett, and he did apologize over the radio, said that he just messed up, uh, didn't mean to, is this a racing accident? But right now we did see the black flag being displayed to Jeff Bodine. Whether this will be a stop and go penalty or a one lap penalty or potentially more, we'll have to wait until NASCAR rules will unfold that story here in the next few seconds. But we're getting set to go back to green flag racing now. Kyle Petty had been really scrambling there on that start, trying to get, he, first he got caught in the outside groove, didn't have anywhere to go, and then he started moving up, picked up a couple of spots, then he got caught out there again, but it was obvious from the get-go, as they say, that Kyle's got a real strong car, but so have about 25 other people. Pace car behind the pit wall, Jeff Bonine follows him down to acknowledge the penalty, they come down to the line, green flag is in the air, and Mark Martin, like a jackrabbit, will try to get away as he gets to turn number one, opens up about three car lengths between himself and Robert Presley. Bobby Labonte, the guy on the move, looking for room to make a move for a second underneath Robert Presley, can't make the car stick, he'll fall in line, Joe Nemechek rides third, Ricky Rudd fourth, then it's back to a great battle for fifth between Kyle Petty and Bill Elliott. Elliott right on Petty's back bumper, everybody single file for now, right behind Elliott, you've got Rick Mast, then Michael Waltrip, Ken 
Schrader, Morgan Shepard, everybody in line and four now. Robert Presley slips up. He slips up, allows Bobby Labonte to get by in second. Now third place, Joe Nimichek may get by. Jeff Bodine now being let go at the end of pit road. It'll be a one-lap penalty for the XI team. Jeff Bodine assessed a one-lap penalty for that incident with Dale Jarrett. He is back now on the racetrack as the leaders work the backstretch. It is Mark Martin in the Ford, then Bobby Labonte in the Chevrolet, and Joe Nemechek in the Chevrolet. Back for fourth, Presley feeling a challenge there from Ricky Rudd, who looked to his inside. Presley holds on to the spot for now. Single file racing all the way through about 18th or 19th position as they come out of the corner and back into the line. You're not going to see a lot of door-to-door -door racing for the first 10 or 15 laps here, at least I don't think so. Presley's having trouble again. Ricky Rudd gets underneath him as they go to turn one. Roberts problems in the turn here, Barney. The last couple of laps by, he's almost turned the car sideways. Obviously quite loose. Robert Presley with a handful trying to keep that car down. He's running right now in the fifth position. He's got Kyle Petty right behind him in sixth. Back for about tenth. Here's Ken Schrader to the inside of Michael Waltrip as they come to the entrance of the corner. He'll squeeze inside. Morgan Shepard will try and take advantage of the open door. Terry Labonte couldn't get by, though he thought about it. He'll try again, trying to bypass Michael Waltrip here at the stripe. Jeff Gordon, he's working towards the front hooked up with the Ford of Ted Musgrave. They've knocked off five or six positions here in the last lap and a half. Musgrave opens the inside lane now underneath the Dick Trickle car. Jeff Gordon will follow there. Dale Earnhardt also in that inside lane trying to advance as they exit turn two. Those cars the first double wide now all the way back through about the 20th spot. Earnhardt up to the inside of Trickle's machine. Derek Cope is going to follow him underneath. And there's several good cars that were back in the middle of the pack working their way to the front. Jeff Gordon one of those. He's only been able to pick up about two positions. Sterling Marlin in the same box back there. A lot of traffic around him. He's not being able to really gain positions like he'd like to as the leaders go back to two. Everybody single file coming into the corner. Now here's a move back for about the 12th spot. Ricky Craven moving underneath Hunt Strickland. Strickland came into turn one, taking a little bit higher line. It opened the inside lane and Craven's going to get him on the back straightaway. Farther up ahead, Kyle Petty looking up underneath Robert Presley's very loose race car in the middle of the corner. He's trying to get the fifth spot away. Kyle just waiting for Presley's car to flow to the outside wall. It doesn't this time. If you're a Dale Jarrett fan. The crew has gotten that rear spoiler evened out. The two sides of the spoiler visually are now at the same angle, but the car is trailing the field seriously. Jim Phillips, any frame damage there they might be suspecting now? The crew didn't see any frame damage. Larry McReynolds said, I know what the problem is, but they just didn't have time to fix it on that uh, last caution because they gave the one to go signal. So they're hoping for a caution where they come in and have more time to adjust on it. Some of the hardest racing on the speedway is going on from about 13th position on back. That's where Jeremy Mayfield right now is trying to hold off Jeff Gordon. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt and Tess, Ted Musgrave are going at it pretty strong also as they head over to turn two. Earnhardt back in the 15th spot. Can't make a move now because they are racing side by side just ahead. That's where Gordon has just bypassed Jeremy Mayfield. The lane open up. There goes Earnhardt to grab a spot. Earnhardt will follow him through now into the 14th position. Farther ahead for 12th. Here's Terry Labonte down to the inside of Michael Waltrip in turn number three trying to open a lane up there. Come back out of the corner to the stripe. Up goes lap number 14 on the board of 300 here today. The lead car is separated by a car length and one. Mark Martin shows the way. Bobby Labonte beginning to look for a chance to make a move. He'll follow the tire tracks of Martin's Ford this time with Joe Nemechek just three car lengths behind him. Nemechek had fallen back off Labonte a little bit. Now he's closed back up again to just a couple of car lengths. Then they've got about 10 car lengths of empty racetrack to Ricky Rudd and a couple of more back to Robert Presley and Kyle Petty. Ricky Rudd is about just a little over a second behind the leader 
as they come out of turn number four. He is in fourth position. Right behind him rides Robert Presley, then Kyle Petty, then Bill Elliott, and then Rick Mass. So this field really strung out around the racetrack back to turn one. That's the front eight cars. Right behind Rick Mass in eighth. You've got Ken Schrader riding ninth. Tenth is Morgan Shepard. Eleventh now, Terry Labonte. Jeff Bodina lapped down. The twelfth place car, Michael Waltrip. Thirteenth, Jeff Gordon. Fourteenth is Dale Earnhardt. And fifteenth is Derek Cope. That's a pretty hard racing going on right behind them. Sixteenth now is Ted Musgrave. He's got right behind him the Jeremy Mayfield car. Dick Trickle running in the 18th spot. Then side by side for 19th and 20th, Rusty Wallace and Ricky Craven. Ward Burton runs in 21st. Todd Bodine, 22nd. Hutch Strickland, 23rd. Elton Sawyer, 24th. 25th is Bobby Hamilton. John Andretti runs 26th. Up to 27th now is Sterling Marlin. He feels pressure from 28th place, Jeff Burton. 29th now is Lake Speed. And running in the 30th position, Jimmy Spencer here at lap 15. Give your vehicle a spot-free shine with Turtle Wax Ice Wash and Wax. On sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts for just $4.99. That's a 50% savings. For an unbeatable shine, just wash, rinse, and dry with Turtle Wax Ice Wash and Wax. Just $4.99 at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. Here in New Hampshire, 20 laps complete in the Slick 5300. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall, the entire MRN crew here in the Granite State of New Hampshire. Robert Presley having just made the move around Ricky Rudd to move back up into the fourth spot. You know, just thinking, Barney, they had a lot of rain yesterday, yes, but not really after the NASCAR Bush North Series and the NASCAR Featherlight Modified Tour finally got the remainder of their events in. And those series run McCreary tires, they run Hoosier tires, and they put down a different consistency of rubber on the racetrack. And it might just have taken a while for some of that rubber to be uh, eroded here by the Winston Cup teams. And maybe that was part of Robert Presley's problem. There were a lot of guys talking about that yesterday morning out there. They were coming in and we were seeing brand new tires that they'd make a run on come in and they were taking a file and uh, getting a lot of the rubber off. So that, that could have been a problem. We'll check, get our pit crew guys to maybe check with some of the teams and see if indeed that is giving some of the cars a little problem getting through the corners, but it's wearing off right now. It won't take long to put down a pretty good coat of rubber here off these Goodyear Eagles. We're looking at 22 laps complete here this afternoon. Mark Martin and Bobby Labonte opening up a big gap on everybody else right now. Almost two seconds back to Joe Nemechek. It's about an equal distance back to Robert Presley. And Presley's car didn't handle well in the early going. Jim Phillips, what was the story there? I talked to crew chief Charlie Presley, and he said that the car was loose to start with, but evidently the tires are coming in. And the car is tightened up, and he's made his way back. He fell back to fifth, and now he's back to fourth. We're in Dale Jarrett's pit with Larry McReynolds. Now he had an unfortunate accident uh, a couple laps into the race. What is wrong with the car now? It looks like he's having to turn it way to the left to get it in the corner. Yeah, the car won't turn a bit, Jim, but the right front's probably towed out about three inches. We need a caution. We, we know we can fix it, know how to fix it, but we need a caution here. Looks like about three or four laps before the leader gets us. We just we had to get the tire changed. We had to find out what the problem was, and by the time we'd done that, it was one to go. 
Don't have any frame damage, though, do you? I don't think so. Again, it's just it's been a drag length or a tie rod, and we can adjust that out with a tie rod, I think. You know, with ease, we've done that before, but you got to have a caution to do it. They need a caution in the 28 pit. Only problem we're going to have now for Dale Jarrett is that within the next handful of laps, he's going to go a lap down. Mark Martin now and Bobby Labonte running in second. They're closing in on Jarrett in turn one. They're within about 10 car lengths of Dale Jarrett. You can see Jarrett here from my turn position just fighting on the steering wheel, trying to hold the car down. And here's Mark Martin off turn two, closing in even more on Jarrett's Ford. Within just a couple of car lengths at the entrance to turn number three, Jarrett sees him in the rearview mirror. He's fighting hard to try and stay in front, but the car just doesn't want to turn in the corner. And here's Martin on his bumper now. Not going to be much Dale can do to keep him from getting around if this race stays green and likely it will he's about three four car lengths back in fact Dale as they come down across the start finish line move down to the inside of the racetrack Mark's caught him in turn one Mark's going to look to the outside to make the pass Bobby Labonte meanwhile closes in on Mark Martin's bumper off turn number two now Martin flares out wide to begin the pass of Dale Jarrett Jarrett sees him coming ducks down towards the inside of the back straightaway but still trying to run hard now as they come to the entrance of the corner he yields and Dale Jarrett goes a lap down Jarrett's car is wounded and he's going a lap down but the front two are running so fast they're going to catch some other cars and lap them after not too long before much longer they'll close it on the tail end of the field you got chuck bound running at the back of the field daryl waltrip is there also the car that's driven here this weekend by rich bickle that's the dick brooks owned automobile 27 laps on the board the only teams that are lapped down now dale jarrett and jeff bodine the leaders are in three it is martin by a car length over the body then it's about three seconds back to joe nemechek pretty good distance he's got a few car lengths on Presley and he's got a few on Ricky Rudd so the top five beginning to spread out a bit. Tell you who's got a good well a couple of cars really getting strong back there toward the tail tail end or middle of the field. Morgan Shepard a moment ago was almost three seconds behind the eighth place car. Now he has caught Rick Mast and is within two car lengths of catching him in. He's brought Terry Labonte with him. That's a good battle over in turn two. Shepard falls in behind Rick Mast. There's a couple of car lengths behind him. He'll stay single file off turn two. We talk about Robert Presley's car. The fact it was loose to begin with and then began to tighten up well, for Ken Schrader, it's the reverse. He was start running in the top 10 in the early stages of the race. He's fallen all the way back to about the 16th position and continues struggling trying to keep his car underneath him here in the turns. We're at lap number 29 as the field continues to work. We've had just one very brief caution period. Came out at lap two in that spin involving Jeff Bodine and Dale Jarrett. Both cars now a lap down. Jarrett losing his lap on the racetrack. Bodine held for a one-lap penalty by NASCAR as a result of that altercation. Behind the leader, Mark Martin. Bobby Labonte is second. Third is Joe Nimichek. Robert Presley is fourth. Ricky Rudd fifth. Kyle Petty runs sixth. Then there's Bill Elliott seventh. Ahead of eighth place, Rick Mast. Ninth is Morgan Shepard. And tenth, Terry Labonte. Back with you here in Loudoun, New Hampshire, as we continue in the early stages of the Slick 5300. Mark Martin continues to show the way over second place Bobby Labonte. Third now is Robert Presley. Joe Nimichek fourth and one car in the wall in turn one. It is Jimmy Hensley as Pontiac into the outside retaining wall came up out of the groove as he came to the end of the front straightaway and hit the wall hard. Severe damage on the right side of Jimmy Hensley's Pontiac. Caution is on the speedway. It will be the second one of the afternoon. And again, it comes out on lap number 35. Hensley's car against the wall, scrubbed along for maybe 100 feet or so, and Joey's come to stop over there. Yeah, the car has come to rest, and Jimmy is now beginning to climb from the uh, cockpit of the car right up against the wall, just about uh, halfway in between turns one and two. 
So apparently Jimmy Hensley to be the first retiree of the afternoon here as we work under caution, lap number 36. Prior to pit stops, stepping into the booth to join us is the Senate Majority Leader, Senator Bob Dole of Kansas. Great to have you with us here yeah, today, Great sir. to be here today. It's a great event. I know this is not your first time no. at an auto race, is it? No, I think my first one was 1976 down in South Carolina. Right, you know what auto racing is all about because your home state, of course, Kansas, now has the uh, Heartland Park in Topeka and the folks there listening on KMAJ radio here this afternoon. That's been a big, big boon to your state. Big boon. It's become one of the biggest, uh, well, industries and the crowd attraction we have in the whole state. I, I guess knowing what I do of your uh, political credo, uh, you're a firm believer in a strong economy. And when you take a look at the $35 million plus that they say will gravitate to the state of New Hampshire this week. And that kind of gives you an idea of what motorsports means to each individual state of visits. Yeah, in fact, I saw Governor Merrill. He was smiling from ear to ear, Governor of New Hampshire. And you look up and you see 80,000, 90,000 people in the stands. You know what uh, an impact it's having on the economy. Senator, stay with us a moment. Let's watch these pit stops unfold here at lap number 37. The leaders are in in front of Jim Phillips. Mark Martin is in. Here comes Robert Presley and Joe Nemechek is in. Bill Elliott is in, Bobby Labonte, Rick Mast, Ricky Rudd, Kyle Petty, Michael Waltrip all the way down the line. All it's going to be four tires and gasoline and certainly some chassis adjustments. Most of this will be done with air pressure on the first stop. Winston Kelly. The first car in and out, Jeff Gordon. I believe he may have just taken two tires to get track position. Then Rusty Wallace, Ted Musgrave, Derek Coe, Todd Bodine, Ward Burton, Hutch Strickland, Ricky Craven, Bobby Hamilton, Elton Sawyer, John Andretti, and Lake Speed all getting four Goodyear tires in Unical gasoline. And a quick report from Gary Montgomery. Down here it was the same thing, four tires and a tank of gasoline for all the drivers. Sterling Marlin was the first one in. He may have picked up a number of spots because he was out of here in a great big hurry. So all of these pit stops taking place under caution, lap 37. Jim mentioned the strategy move there for Jeff Gordon to try and pick up some track positions. He came down the pit lane running in 12th position, and now he'll be right behind the pace car as everybody else made stops, but they come out a tad behind him. So a good move strategy-wise for the Rainbow Warriors led by their crew chief, Ray Everham. Senator, I know you said you came to Darlington and a moment ago when we were on a commercial break, you were asking about where Dale Earnhardt is. You got a, any particular favorite? I know you don't want to just single out <laughs> anyone, but obviously you're aware of the caliber of driver that Dale Earnhardt yeah, is. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm aware of Dale Earnhardt and what great job he's done. Of course, I was a Richard Petty fan for a long time, but he's retired now, but he's out there somewhere. And uh, But I, I would guess uh, either Earnhardt or Martin are going to win this thing. It could well be. You can never tell. Yeah. Listen, it's great to have you with us here. And Thank you. We all look forward to uh, visiting your state in the future for some broadcasts from uh, Heartland Park. Best of luck to you, and thanks for stopping by to visit. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Senator Bob Dole, Thank the you. Senate Majority Leader, joining us here at New Hampshire International Speedway. 38 laps on the board. Dale Jarrett is back on pit road. And they're going to try to adjust that tie rod, Eli. Uh, Larry McReynolds pointed that out. Uh, they're going to try to get the, the right front. It, it was towed out quite a bit. And Dale Jarrett was having to turn the tires far, far to the left to even get it to negotiate these turns. So right now they want to get it to about an eighth of an inch, and it was about three inches towed to the right. But they want to get it in a little bit to make it turn better. 
Now the race off pit road was won by Jeff Gordon. He will be the leader. Mark Martin will line up right behind him. Bobby Labonte came off third, but now all of a sudden Bobby Labonte, as the pace car, came out of turn number four. He's coming back into the pits. And he's got the ratchet still in the left rear window. Here comes Bobby Labonte having to make another stop. He was running third. He'll be relegated all the way back to the end of the lead lap. He'll come out in 37th position, one would assume, because the ratchet where you adjust the uh, jack screws is still in the left rear window of the Interstate Batteries Chevrolet. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. It wasn't just built to be a museum. It was built to be a shrine to the history, heritage, and future of the sport we love. This is our house, the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and it's packed full of classic and present-day cars, including Petties, Earnhardts, and Waltrips, as well as interactive experiences, realistic racing simulators, and much more. Plan a trip to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Tickets at NASCARHall.com. NASCAR Hall of Fame. This is our sport. This is our house. In just 74 laps, we will be at the halfway point of the 1995 NASCAR Winston Cup season. Welcome back to New Hampshire International Speedway. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall. Joel Moore and Alan Bestwick are out on the turns today. Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Gary Montgomery patrolling pit road in the garage area here in the early stages of this slick 5300. Mark Martin is the race leader. He led the first 37 laps, then during a sequencing of pit stops, yielded the lead to Jeff Gordon. Martin has reassumed the lead at lap 41. He continues to lead it here at lap number 77. The race has been slowed twice by caution. Dale Jarrett was spun by Jeff Bodine at lap number two. Jarrett continued away and still runs, though Bodine is far the better of the two. He remains on the tail end of the lead lap. Lap 35, Jimmy Hensley found the wall in turn number one. He is okay, but the car is done for the day. He's the only retiree. The average speed, 105.759 miles an hour. Hey, don't forget, coming up later today, Barney and I will be selecting the Ray Bestest Break of the Race Award. The NASCAR driver who experiences the biggest break, good or bad, during today's Slick 5300 receives $500 from Ray Bestest Brakes. Now the leader, Mark Martin, has caught again the tail end of the field and about to put more cars a lap down as he goes out of turn number two. He's closing in on Chuck Bound over in three. And a whole pack of other drivers right in front of the leader. Bound pulled down to the inside to give the leader the outside. Mark went for the inside right at the same time, so he wasn't able to get by him at this point. Chuck Bound running in 35th position right now. He'll go wide out of turn number four, opening the inside for Mark Martin, and Martin will make the pass as he closes in on more traffic in turn one. Martin gets by Chuck Bound. The lane opens up for Jeff Gordon will also make that move just ahead. You got the Steve Grissom car. Elton Sawyer's up there, and Dave Marcus as a leader now heads for them on the back straightaway. Gordon able to stay with Martin as he begins to slice his way through traffic now. Farther back, a pretty good race developing for the fourth spot. Terry Labonte is closed in on the Robert Presley car. Also, uh, Rusty Wallace closing in on Terry Labonte in sixth. Rusty Wallace got a good handling race car after that pit stop a moment ago. His car, I've been watching him for the last 30 or 40 laps around here. He is really working traffic well, and Morgan Shepard still has a 
very good race car. He, too, Joe Moore, has been able to get around an awful lot of traffic down in turns one and two. Shepard was a little loose in the early stages, but after the pit stop, they made an adjustment. He has been picking up some positions. He's gained a few in the last several laps, just now getting by the lap car of Mike Wallace. The lead cars in the middle of turns three and four put a lap on Steve Grissom and move up off the turn. Still one of the better working cars, better handling cars on the racetrack is Jeff Bodine. After he was penalized a lap, he has made the lap up and right now stays in front of and actually is pulling away from the race leader, Mark Martin. Let's get a thought from his crew chief, Paul Andrews. Paul just radioed to talk to Jeff Bodine. His driver started back in the 22nd position. Paul, you had a bit of bad luck earlier today, but the car seems to be awfully strong. What's Jeff saying? Well, we're just a little little tight when we're up behind these other cars right now. You know, we're just trying to get back on the lead lap. And, you know, I think we proved we got a car that's capable of winning the race today. You know, it's just unfortunate we got in a little wreck early. And NASCAR thought it was intentional. It wasn't. But uh, we're going to do our best to come back from it. We're not going to quit. We're going to keep that exit forward, try to get back up front in the lead lap see if we can't come back and win. What type of changes will you make? Will it be air pressure, jacking some weight into the car or what? Probably a little wedge adjustment. That's the word from Paul Andrews, his driver, Jeff Bodine, on the tail end of the lead lap of one of the strongest cars on the racetrack at this juncture. Dick Trickle's car continues to be attended to by the crew down on pit road. He came in at lap 72, and right now we're posting 84 laps on the scoreboard as the work continues. They're trying to get Dick back out there, but he's losing an awful lot of ground. 84 laps on the board as the lead continues in the hands of Mark Martin. Bobby Labonte, once he got free of race traffic earlier, has continued his climb towards the front. He was the car, remember, that was uh, had to return to pit road with the ratchet in the rear window. He's now worked himself from 32nd back up to the 25th position. So bit by bit, he's making a move to the front. You know, Dale Jarrett put it well. He said whether it's a banked racetrack or a track like this one here at New Hampshire, which is totally flat, you just have to get off the corners well. It's like any other racetrack. That's what it comes down to in Winston Cup racing, you know. Most everybody, if you wanted to, could drive it way off down in the corner. You got that much nerve and that good of cars, but that's not what gets you through the center and off the corner. That's where you use your power and your, and your car to pass people. That's where you're going to make your passes. So, uh, yes, no different than anywhere else. Just a little bit tougher at a place like this to where it's so flat that you don't have that banking to hold you, and, and uh, your driver has to do a little bit more work. Again, the banking is 12 degrees, but you really don't take advantage of any of that. If you get up into the 12th degree of banking, you got yourself a big-time problem. So where the teams run, it is basically totally pancake flat, and that's the status right now for everyone still working the low groove at lap number 86. It is one and two-tenths seconds, the separation from race leader Mark Martin back to second place Jeff Gordon. Joe Nemechek still running in third. Rusty Wallace's car in fourth. Robert Presley is fifth. Sixth now here in New Hampshire is Terry Labonte. Morgan Shepard runs in seventh. Ricky Rudd is eighth. Ninth is Rick Mast. Tenth and eleventh has been a superb battle here in the last little while as Bill Elliott and Dale Earnhardt have been swapping that spot around. Earnhardt now picks up the tenth position, relegating Bill Elliott back to eleventh. Again, only one retiree. Jimmy Hensley, two very brief caution flags today. Average speed of 108.075 miles an hour. This mid-race update sponsored by Sports Image, the officially licensed supplier of Dale Earnhardt merchandise. And remember, this year, they have expanded the women's and children's apparel line. Available just for women are denim shirts, a short set, jogging suit, and a jacket. And for children, they have short sets, sweatsuits, and a new infant play suit. To order or to receive a free catalog, call Sports Image, 1-800-342-7612.
93 laps go up on the scoreboard as we are working here at New Hampshire International Speedway this afternoon. We're looking back in the field at some of the cars that seem to get stronger. And as they exit turn number two and head up to Alan Bestrick, Rusty Wallace is certainly one of those, Alan. He is really making some ground as he's about to catch the third place car. Wallace is on the move. He got by both Terry Labonte and Robert Presley in the last little while. Now he's moved himself right up on Joe Nemechek's back bumper and they're in some traffic. Here they come off the corner, Nimichek. He's right ahead of Rusty Wallace. Wallace goes to Nimichek's inside. Here at start-finish line, Nimichek holds the spot, but Wallace may motor by him in the corner. Wallace makes the move coming into turn one using the inside lane. He'll grab the spot. Terry Labonte wanted to make the move as well, but Nimichek wisely slammed down the inside and closes off the lane. Now here comes Terry Labonte down to the inside of Nimichek's Chevrolet. They'll race side-by-side side into the corner now. Now Labonte being a little bit careful coming in, wanting to make sure Joe saw him. Nemechek moves up. Here's Terry up underneath. Terry sticks it down to the bottom of the racetrack, and that car will hang there. He'll get around Nemechek and move up one notch closer as he tries to now run down Rusty Wallace up in turns one and two. Meanwhile, Dale Jarrett's back in the pits. Let's cover that stop. Jarrett brings his forward down the pit lane into his pit crew. They've been having problems. After they made the pit stop, they made three adjustments of the right tie rod in. Dale radio back to the crew. He said it still will not turn. So they had to come in and change tires. It's really uh, putting a lot of wear on the white front. And another adjustment on the Jarrett car. You know, it's hard to believe the kind of luck that team has had in the last year and a half with Ernie getting hurt up there last year. They get, seem to get caught up in an accident almost every race. Lately, what, about three out of five, I think yeah. they've had problems the first four or five laps. And, and Dale really had a pretty good attitude coming in here earlier in the week because he's just coming off the win in the NASCAR Bush Series race, the Sears Auto Center's 250 last Sunday up in Milwaukee, a race you heard right here on MRN Radio. And he said, boy, that was good to win. Any kind of a race, it's always good to win. He was kind of almost a confidence booster despite the fact that he doesn't really need one. And he said, I just needed to get to victory lane. And here he has problems on the second lap of the day, and they've been struggling ever since. 97 of 300 laps on the board. We're nearing the one-third way through the slick 5300. Mark Martin continues as the race leader. He's led all but three laps here today as Jeff Gordon has holding has held on a second place and had the lead for those three other laps. So he's picked up his five bonus points already while the many is battling in the NASCAR Winston Cup point standings. Dale Earnhardt and Sterling Marlin, they have not yet led here today. And remember, Gatorade gives away a $50,000 bonus at the end of today's race to the driver who leads the NASCAR Winston Cup point series at the halfway point of the year. A lot on the line here this afternoon, and that could go to any one of three drivers the way the standings were when they came into the race this afternoon. 98 laps on the scoreboard. Rusty Wallace continues to slice through traffic, bringing Terry Labonte with him. Terry's took a look at him a couple of times, and he's probably thinking right now, well, as good as he's getting through traffic, why don't I just ride along on his coattail, so to speak, and get to the front? They're chasing down the front two. Meanwhile, the leader's caught up in heavy traffic in turn two. Mark Martin trapped behind about three cars that are dicing back and forth. Really can't seem to find the lane to take to make the move. That's going to allow Jeff Gordon, the second place man, to close right up on him. Jeff Bodine running in front of the race leaders had a real tough time finding a way around Jeremy Mayfield. That's held Bodine up, allowed the front two to close in on him. They'll close in just a bit more coming off the corner now as the field works back to the start-finish line. Chuck Bowne, I believe, may have an engine problem. Whenever he lets off the gas going into the corner just a bit, we're seeing a puff of smoke out of the headers, and now the crew is going to push the car back to the garage area. So Chuck Bowne 
may have expired an engine at lap number 100. If that's the case, he'd become the second retiree of the afternoon. The leaders in a good pack of traffic now working through turns three and four. Mark Martin has Jeff Gordon behind him and five cars just ahead of him. Mark's been hung up in that pack of traffic for the last 15 or 16 laps around here, but he's got a good race car and one of our turn announcers might have been Alan a moment ago that said he's not about to put that thing in jeopardy. He's got all day long still some 200 laps to go here to get his way up there and get around some of that lap traffic. So as he moves back to turn three, Alan, he's going to pick and choose where he wants to pass. He's going to make sure that when he's coming up underneath somebody, they know he's there. They don't come down across the nose and turn him around and back him into the fence. Even if it means giving up the lead, I believe at this point, Mark is being real careful how he picks his way through. Martin leads. Gordon is second. Third is Rusty Wallace. Terry Labonte is in the fourth spot now. You'll drop a good distance back to Morgan Shepard. He's being posted in fifth. Robert Presley, then Joe Nimichek. Ricky Rudd, Rick Mast, and Dale Earnhardt. A good scramble among the top dozen here at lap number 102. 107 laps on the board here at New Hampshire International Speedway. Jeff Gordon has not given up his pursuit of Mark Martin, and Martin still can't get around the Jeff Burton, Jeremy Mayfield, and Lake Speed cars. So a pretty good scramble at the front of the field right now. Rusty Wallace is still third. Terry Labonte fourth. Robert Presley fifth. Sixth is Morgan Shepard with Ricky Rudd running seventh. Dale Earnhardt is eighth. Rick Mast is ninth. All the way back to tenth now is Joe Nimichek. What's the story there, Jim? That car's been going straight backwards lately. The car is tightening up, Eli. Does not want to turn in the middle of the corner. They hope to make an adjustment to about lap 1 and 25 so they've got down to pit. So they, they hope to loosen the car up just a little bit. 108 laps are on the scoreboard right now as they continue to wind around here. As we said, Mark Martin has a good strong car, but so does Jeff Gordon. But for the moment, Mark shows no indication of overextending that car or putting a wrinkle in it and knocking any chance he might have to win out the window here with some still almost 200 laps to go. Gordon closes in on him a little bit over in that pack of traffic again in turn three. Martin having to jump on the brakes a little bit as the traffic in front of him jumbles up, racing for position off the corner. Gary Montgomery's in the garage with Chuck Bowne, who's just taken his car behind the wall. That's right, Chuck in the active trucking uh, Chevrolet. Chuck, uh, what's wrong? Well, something happened to the engine. Uh, the water temperature just kind of buried, and, and it, I think it lost the water somehow or another. I don't know if it was a head gasket or a cracked head or what, but somehow or another she just overheated, and it just not our day, I guess. Not his day here today in New Hampshire. Chuck Brown out of it early. He'll join Jimmy Hensley as the only other retiree here. You know, that battle that's just ahead of the race leaders, we've talked so much about Lake Speed, Jeremy Mayfield, Jeff Burton. They themselves are running not only to stay on the lead lap, but they're also running 28th, 29th, and 30th respectively. So they don't have to get out of anybody's way because they're on the lead lap. They're battling in their own little... Uh, little get together there so they're not going to give anybody any room and that's why Mark really can't force the issue and can't even expect to get the move over flag from Doyle Ford because those fellows have every right to racetrack position as does the race leader. So they're not going to give any ground whatsoever and for the moment Mark's just going to try and keep a good line and look a lot in that rear view mirror and kind of watch Jeff Gordon to make sure he can kind of block him to keep him from getting a move on him. Now we're beginning to see a pit stop. Here comes onto pit road Jeff Bodine. He's got one of the strongest cars out there and Jeff might be coming in just a little bit earlier. Let's cover his stop. Tom Mount has the car cranked up on the right side of the automobile as Shane Parzno and Ed Leslie put on that rubber. Putting in the Unical gasoline is Peter Jellin. Now coming in behind him is Derek Coke as the crew goes to work on the right side of that Ford Thunderbird. It'll be a four-tire stop for Jeff Bodine. 
18.69 seconds. Directly behind him is the crew of Derek Coach, a four-tire stop as well as the leader now heads down pit road. All right, Jeff Gordon takes the lead as Mark Martin brings the Valvoline colors to the attention of the crew on the pit lane. This at lap 113. Here comes Mark Martin's corporate teammate, Ted Musgrave, also racing for Roush Racing. He's into the attention of Howard Comstock. First to Jim Phillips. Mark Martin is in. They're changing the right side tires. First gen of Unical gasoline goes in. We expected these cars could have gone 90 to 95 laps on a tank of fuel a little bit earlier on this stop. Now around the, no, it's going to be a two-tire stop. 12.8 seconds for Mark Martin. Let's cover Ted Musgrave's stop. They just completed a four-tire stop on that Ford Thunderbird as here comes Jeff Gordon into the pits. He slides to a stop, a very smooth stop on the automobile. John Collins has the car cranked up. Mike Trower and Chad Noss put the right side rubber on. Now they wheel around to the left side of the DuPont Chevrolet. It's going to be a four-tire stop. You'll recall that he got only two tires earlier. 16.75 seconds, an excellent stop. Terry Labonte is now the leader. Rusty Wallace has led one lap, but now Rusty makes his pit stop. So Terry Labonte is the race leader as Ricky Craven comes down the pit lane. But first, let's cover Rusty Wallace's stop. Rusty comes in very smooth, as have the rest of the drivers. Jeremy Mayfield just in front of him. Scott Robinson has the car up on the right side. Billy Welburn and Sean Parker change the right side rubber. Paul Vanderford now changing the left side rubber with help from Todd Parrott and Billy Welburn. Earl Barman jumps in the second can of Unical Gasoline. 16.53 seconds. More cars peel off up in turn number four. Here comes Rick Mast into the attention of his crew. Joe Nemechek will also come in. Todd Bodine will bring his car down on pit road. We're looking for some of the other top runners to come in here momentarily. Let's go back to the pits. Here comes Joe Nemechek down the pit lane. Rick Mass peels into his pit stall. Let's see whether it's going to be two or four for these teams. A little bit surprised that Martin only got two, but earlier Jeff Gordon went for the two, and he lasted over 100 laps with a two-tire change. The Nemechek crew is going to change all four tires, and now the Mass crew is going to go for two, a two-tire stop as the pit board is out for Robert Preston and his Chevrolet, and they're making adjustment on the right side of the Nemechek car. Presley is on pit road along with Terry Labonte. Also coming in is Elton Sawyer. Ken Schrader will make his pit stop. Dave Marcus is in. Let's go back to pit road for, to cover some more of those stops. Elton Sawyer's crew going to work on the right side of that Ford Thunderbird. It'll be a four-tire stop as they've already loosened the left side lug nut. The Dale Fishline-led crew wheels around to the left side of Dave Marcus's car. Todd Bodine on pit road earlier. A good stop for the Troy Selberg crew. They got four tires and gasoline. Dale Earnhardt now the race leader. Morgan Shepard has led as well, so he'll pick up five bonus points. But Dale Earnhardt now being shown as the race leader. Ricky Rudd would be next. Then the Bill Elliott, Michael Waltrip cars, followed by John Andretti. That is the top five at this very second, though we're obviously in the sequencing of green flag stops. Lap number 117. The pit lane is empty for the moment as everybody else continues to circulate on the speedway. Again, of the three men battling for the NASCAR Winston Cup point lead here at the halfway stage of the year. You've got Earnhardt and Gordon having already picked up five bonus points for leading. Here's Sterling Marlin, the other man in that battle. He's on pit road. Tony Glover and the Kodak Bill team going all over the number four Chevrolet. They're going to be a four tire change. Don't catch the adjustments. Unical gasoline, and that's all it's going to take. Four tires of gasoline. They're going to hope to get him out of here. He's been running into number 25. 
Going to be a routine pit stop also for Bobby Hamilton. They'll change four tires on the STP Pontiac, dump in a tank of Unical fuel, and send him back onto the speedway. Lake Speed will bring the spam car to pit road, and they'll do the same thing to his machine and send him back out. All these stops are coming under green flag conditions at lap 118. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Save on your next oil change at O'Reilly Auto Parts when you purchase five quarts of Valvoline conventional motor oil and a MicroGuard filter for $24.99. Plus, get a $5 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. Michael Waltrip is the new leader of the Slick 5300 as Dale Earnhardt is on the pit road for service. Let's cover the stop. Rick Byers and Andy Petrie change of the tires of the right side. David Smith, Jack Sherrup, Danny Chocolate Myers puts in the Unical gasoline. They're going to change all four tires on the Goodwin Chevrolet. You're on lap 123 for Dale Earnhardt. Here's Michael Waltrip now. He will come in and make his stop. Also, uh, that will move into sequence a couple more cars come in and then everybody will go back just like they were before and Bobby Labonte at this very second remains as the race leader because Michael Waltrip and John Andretti are on pit road Winston Kelly the crew led by Tim Brewer to the right side of the purple Ford Thunderbird of John Andretti now they wheel around to the left side of the car Darrell Andrews puts the tires in place for Tim Brewer and Gerald Shires it'll be a four tire stop for the John Andretti crew again the Tim Brewer car getting exceptional fuel mileage Bobby Labonte is the race leader then you'd cycle around to those who have made their pit stops Mark Martin is now second Jeff Gordon is third Rusty Wallace fourth Terry Labonte fifth but again at this very moment Bobby Labonte who you remember made that unscheduled stop early Earlier in the afternoon because of the ratchet that was left in the rear end of his automobile he continues out there on the speedway at lap number 26 having picked up his bonus point but he's going to slow now the driver who wears the New England Patriots football helmet as the headgear of choice here this weekend comes down the pit road for service and that will cycle us all the way back around to Mark Martin who as he comes out of turn number four now will reassume the lead in the slick 5300 so uneventful pit stops for most everybody here as we've now worked our way around full circle and Bobby Labonte will be the last of the front runners to pit let's cover his stop real quick the Jack and John Wolf changing the tires Jimmy Maycar jacks it up and there's going to be a four tire stop for Labonte's crew and they're around the left side already first can of Unicount gas is in the second can is now in so Labonte getting excellent fuel mileage of the tires uh, 17.6 on the stop for Bobby Labonte and 127 laps go up on the scoreboard. 300 will make up the distance here this afternoon as they continue to wind around here. So again, Mark Martin, the dominant car, at least at this juncture of the race, but Jeff Gordon doesn't have all that much ground to make up now before he'll be able to chase down the leader. 
So everybody has now made their pit stops uneventful. They all are. Ed Scholl has been watching all of these stops from over our shoulder. Ed is here representing Gatorade and the Front Runner Award. You know, at uh, the halfway point of every event this year, the folks from Gatorade give away $10,000 to the driver who participates in the program and leads at the halfway portion. Same thing on the NASCAR Bush Series, $2,000. But I guess even bigger than that, Ed, today is the fact that $50,000 from Gatorade goes to the NASCAR Winston Cup point leader after this race is done. Absolutely, Eli. Actually, we have three races going on today. We have the halfway, $10,000. Right. We have the winner of the race, and now we have the halfway points leader. Uh, we have three drivers going for it, 16 points apart. It was a rather spirited little press conference this weekend, too. Uh, the guys had a good time. Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, Sterling Marlin. They were uh, like like three comedians out there, but you could also tell underneath all of that cover they were, they were darn serious about the award. Yeah, while there was a lot of spirited conversation going on, each of them in their own way vying for, for it's not the total money either. Yeah. Uh, it's actually the, the, just the prestige and the opportunity of going, pulling out something to go for. Do these guys come up to you from time to time in the garage and say, uh, to make sure they know when all these awards are going to be paid today, the 10,000 front runner award. They keep pretty good tabs on that, don't they? Oh, absolutely. One dollar they keep pretty good tabs on. <laughs> of course, the check will actually, a ceremonial check will be handed out here today. The actual transfer of funds will take place on the stage of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York the first weekend of December for the Winston Cup banquet. I'm trying, I'm trying to think back, and I'm just sitting here watching the cars go by. Other than STP and a handful of others, Gatorade has probably been involved now in NASCAR for longer, uh, dating back many, many, many years. Not only on Winston Cup, but in all of the touring series, probably one of the oldest uh, continuing sponsorships that the sport has. That's right, Eli. We were actually the first non-automotive-related consumer product that became involved with NASCAR back in the late 70s and, and have been involved ever since with uh, drivers such as uh, Bobby Allison, Rusty Wallace, Daryl Waltrip, all driving the Gatorade-sponsored car. And now, since the, about the last 12 years, been involved with as the official product of the special, official sports beverage, as well as the different programs that we've had with NASCAR. Ed Show, always a pleasure to have you join us. You've been getting around here. I know visiting all the touring series. You were up with us in Milwaukee last weekend for the NASCAR Bush Series event. Uh, thanks so much for being part of the sport, and we'll all find out together about 4 o'clock or so this afternoon who takes home 50 grand. Yeah, thank you, Eli, and thanks to MRN for having me on. I really appreciate it's it. It's our pleasure, Ed. Thank you. Ed Show joining us from Gatorade and coming up before too much longer here, another 15 laps or so, $10,000 for the Gatorade Front Runner Award at the halfway point here today. Mark Martin's looking good on that right now. He has an advantage of two and three-tenths seconds over Jeff Gordon as he just heads down to turn three. But he's got a rearview mirror full of Jeff Bodine. Remember that Martin only took two tires on the pit stop in Bodine four, but Jeff has tracked him down again and will one more time race Martin to try and unlap himself. That's been a pretty good scramble all day long as Dick Trickle again heads to pit road. He's been on the pit lane many, many times today after problems earlier in the afternoon. Mark Martin and Jeff Bodine in their private battle in turn two. Mark Martin's first got to get by the Daryl Waltrip car. Waltrip Chevrolet sitting just ahead of the race leader. Also looking back a bit, you're seeing Rusty Wallace beginning to reel in the second place car of Jeff Gordon. He's about a second behind Gordon now. Those cars come down into turn number three. Gordon running behind the lap car of Steve Grissom. The lap machine of Rich Bickle separates Gordon from Wallace. 
And we're 13 laps from the halfway point. We are at New Hampshire International Speedway, a rather lengthy cleanup underway right now after Ward Burton hit the wall in turn number one. As he drove the car around to the pit lane, he left a stream of oil behind him about three quarters of a mile in length. So it's going to be a while now as the cleanup crews put down a lot of speedy dry. They've come out with a power sweeper of sorts that now works off the racetrack's fourth corner. So we'll be under, green, under yellow here for the next short while. In the garage area, Todd Bodan. He was involved in the accident, you remember, back at lap number 148, involving his brother and others. Let's get an update from the garage. Well, I'm not sure which looks worse, the look of disappointment on Todd's face or his factory store's uh, Ford. But, uh, Todd, tell us what happened from your perspective. Well, uh, we went down in the three, and uh, the 18 just plain got in the seven, turned him around, uh, and, you know, Jeff got backwards and slid up the track, and I just ran out of room going around the outside, and... Uh, he got in the whole side of the car and basically kind of ripped the rear end right out of it. So uh, it's going to be a long time to get it fixed. You know, it's a shame that uh, this factory stores team can't get a break. You know, we were riding along there just minding our own business and trying to make it to the end of the race. And we had an okay car. We probably could have got a top 10 with a few more adjustments. And, you know, uh, to get taken out, it's uh, kind of typical of the way our season's been going. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come back next week at Pocono. We got another new car, and uh, we'll get them there. Well, a racer's racer, always optimistic, and I can assure you that they've not given up because there are about 15 guys all over this car trying to get it back in the race. Ward Burton's car came into the pit. They looked at it. Now they pushed it behind the pit wall, and it looks like they're going to take it back to the garage area. So he will also be out of the race, and that'll give us four cars in the garage. Rusty Wallace made the pit stop moments ago while most everyone else in the lead lap stayed on the racetrack. He's now in 19th position. Let's get the thoughts from Robin Pemberton, his crew chief. Let's find out. He started 20th, had been running up in the lead pack, and dropped back to about fifth. First, before we talk about the pit stop, was something wrong with the car when he started backing up on that last uh, restart? No, they were not very courteous out there at the time, and uh, sometimes that happens. Uh, we got the fender rubbing on the left front, and you know, there was so much racing to do, you had to come in and get it fixed. How about the changes that you made to the car? You told us before the race that Rusty is exceptional at relaying to you what type of changes need to be made. Have you had to do that today, or just pretty much left it like it was? Yeah, uh, we just put four tires on it all the time. It's been pretty good. That's Robin Pemberton, the crew chief. A little bit disappointed that they had to make that pit stop Getting back in traffic this track, very hard to pass on, but they're confident they got a strong enough car. Started 20th, they're back in 19th now. They think they can work back to the front. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR racing. Welcome back, everyone. We are live at New Hampshire International Speedway. MRN Radio with live coverage of the Slick 5300. Mark Martin has led for a good bit of the day, though Dale Earnhardt is the current race leader. Jeff Gordon is second. Third is Ricky Rudd. Good run for Morgan Shepard. He is fourth. Mark Martin now fifth. Derek Culp running in sixth. Seventh belongs and a good solid effort today for Terry Labonte. Eighth is Rick Mast. Ninth, Sterling Marlin, and 10th, Robert Presley. Ted Musgrave now being posted in 11th, ahead of Bill Elliott, 12th. Kyle Petty is 13th. Bobby Hamilton, 14th. 15th is Joe Nimichek. Jimmy Spencer runs in 16th. Again, all of these cars on the lead lap. 17th is Ken Schrader. 18th, Bobby Hillen. Rusty Wallace is 19th. And Michael Walchip is running in the 20th position. 21st is John Andretti. Darrell Walchip is 22nd. 23rd is Bobby Labonte. Then you drop to a lap down for 24th place. That's where you'll find Brett Bodine. 25th is Lake Speed. 26th now, they'll show Elton Sawyer with 27th going to Ricky Craven. Dave Marcus is 28th. 29th is Rich Bick and 30th is Jeff Burton dropping to two laps down. 31st is the Jeremy Mayfield car. Still
Steve Grissom, who's making another pit stop here. He is running in 32nd position, 33rd. Three laps down is Hutt Strickland, 34th. Also three laps down is Mike Wallace. Then you drop back to the Dale Jarrett car in 35th, and the cars that are either many, many laps down or in the garage area. Average speed, 103.304 miles an hour. This race now working its fifth caution flag of the afternoon. The retirees, Jimmy Hensley, Chuck Bown, Todd Bodine, and most recently, Ward Burton. This mid-race update brought to you by STP for over 50 years. Consumers and racers alike have chosen STP performance additives more than any other brand. Drive a better car with STP. One more lap. We'll go back to green flag racing. Bobby Labonte's car is still on pit road. The hood was up. They're doing a little more work on it. And uh, Jim, what's the situation there? They've been adjusting on the right front, Barney, in that altercation. He got hit right in the right front tire. So they've been adjusting, trying to get that uh, line back up on that Chevrolet. Labonte is down and will go back onto the racetrack as the field crosses underneath the flag stand. They are given the indication. One more lap and we'll be back to green. Don't forget next weekend we'll be talking to you from Pocono International Raceway just about five weeks after we were last there. The track will open up on Thursday. The ARCA cars that were rained out there back in June will be running on Thursday afternoon. So if you're in the Pocono area or arriving early, you might go to the track Thursday for the ARCA race rescheduled from June. On Friday Bush pole qualifying for the NASCAR Winston Cup teams beginning at 3.30 Eastern time, followed by the NASCAR Sportsman Series running a 150-miler. Then on Saturday of next weekend, the regularly scheduled ARCA event, the ARCA Bondo Marhide Series running on Saturday, and then Sunday one week from today, the Miller 500, 12.45 Eastern time right here on MRN Radio. The ticket office is open right now at Pocono if you'd like to make your plans to join us up there. Coming up also July 23rd, the Die Hard 500 in Talladega, Alabama. August 13th, the Budweiser at the Glen in Watkins Glen, New York. August 20th, the GM Goodwrench 400 in Michigan, followed by the Goodies 500 at Bristol, August 26th, and the visit to Darlington, the Mountain Dew Southern 500, September 3rd, Labor Day weekend. Green flag back in the air. Leader Dale Earnhardt sets sail for turn one. Earnhardt drops it down on the inside lane with Jeff Gordon right up on his bumper. Ricky Rudd, third in line now, trying to make a move to the outside. Here's Gordon, though, he'll drop down low and challenge for the lead. Gordon tries to run up underneath Earnhardt. Earnhardt crowds him a little bit low, but Gordon's going to stick it right in there. Now Earnhardt's going to win that shoving match. Earnhardt holds the lead. Gordon second, Rudd third. Everybody else caught in traffic. Everyone is looking for a bit of open racetrack. Morgan Shepard going wide. Mark Martin, Derek Cope all going wide. They can't get to the low side of the track at the stripe. Gordon goes inside of Earnhardt in a bid for the lead. Jeff Gordon grabs the lead before they get to the end of the front straightaway. Gordon shows the way. Earnhardt's going to try to come back. He gets into the back of Gordon just slightly. Gordon slips, but still holds Earnhardt off. Gordon dirt tracking up off the corner, but now leads Earnhardt down the straightaway as Earnhardt gave him room to straighten out. Meantime, Ricky Rudd just watching all this go on in front of him, looking for that opening to get by. Gordon slips in the corner. Here's Earnhardt low. Earnhardt makes him drive it wide coming off the turn, but Gordon makes that hard cut back to the left and will block Dale Earnhardt one more time. Ricky Rudd, as you said, just rides along, hoping these two might bump each other, slide up out of the groove, and he can grab the lead. They're back in two. Gordon's got his hands full trying to hold that car.
car down because Earnhardt is there knocking at the door. This time, Gordon gets out a little bit by maybe a car length over Dale Earnhardt and Ricky Rudd now right up on Earnhardt's bumper. The front cars run single file for the moment. Now Gordon, Earnhardt, Rudd, then the lap machine of Brett Bodine. He's running in front of the rest of the lead lap cars as they shuffle in the corner. Great seventh place battle. Sterling Marlin went three wide to grab a spot away from the Terry Labonte car. They had to squeeze around Elton Sawyer to do it, and Ricky Rudd is on the move for second place. He'll grab the second spot at the end of the front straightaway, walking down to the inside lane. Earnhardt now falls back in line in third. Rudd has a couple of car lengths to make up to catch Jeff Gordon, who got away a little bit while they were racing for position. Farther back, Morgan Shepard now running in the fourth spot, trying to find his way up underneath a few lap cars to keep in contact with the front three. And this record crowd enjoying some great Winston Cup racing here this afternoon as they've really been getting with it for the last 45 laps. 173 laps are in the record book. One and three-tenths seconds, the advantage that Jeff Gordon now holds on Ricky Rudd. It's another second from Rudd back to Dale Earnhardt. Then another second from Earnhardt back to the lapped car of Brett Bodine, followed by Morgan Shepard, who's having a superb run. He's up to fourth place now. Then fifth, you've got Mark Martin. Sixth is Derek Cope. Seventh, Terry Labonte. He's broken away from the eighth-place car, Sterling Marlin. Robert Presley is right behind Marlin in ninth. And running in tenth now is Ted Musgrave. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. We're down in Ricky Rudd's pit. Billy Engel's up on the toolbox timing him. Comes down. Billy, got up to second, but now you're falling back just a little bit. Yeah, and I tell you, that 24 car has got some awesome traction up off the corner. He's just, Ricky says, I can't do anything with him, so we just need to settle in here and run our own race. Hopefully it'll come to us at the end. Uh, Ricky's doing an awfully good job. Todd Ford's running good. That's all we got for him. He's just awesome. Well, that's the story. The 24 just got him beat right now. In the garage area, Kyle Petty, while Rich Bickle's car is behind the wall. Gary Montgomery is there. I'm with Rich. They're working on the ignition of the car. Rich, can you tell us what's wrong? Well, um, we really don't know right now. We think it might have uh, dropped some valve springs in the Kendall Zippo Pontiac today. But, you know, it's the first race of the team. And, you know, we had a pretty good car there. We just got behind it a little bit. We put a whole new setup in the car this morning. You know, if we had just a little bit more motor, I think we'd have ran the leaders all day. But... Feels pretty good. You know, the guys are pretty happy with what happened, and uh, I'd like to say hi to everybody back home. I talked to Rich before the start of the race. He was very, very optimistic about this Winston Cup start here today. It's going to be interesting, Barney, and uh, you and I have both talked with our former broadcasting buddy, Dick Brooks, who owns that race car, about uh, having one driver one week, now Bickle for a couple of weekends, and somebody else uh, coming up at the Super Speedway at Talladega, Butch Leitzinger to run the road course at Watkins Glen later in August. That's going to be tough if for no other reason than no two drivers really like the same exact feel in a race car. It's tough to translate one week's lakes from uh, an Andy Hillenberg to what Rich Bickle might like the next week. Yeah, uh, Dick was t telling me the other day, he said, you know, it's just really tough right now, like you said, to find the combination we need. There's no driver available that they feel like they can put in there that can run all the tracks from road courses to short tracks to super speedways. So he's doing about the only thing he can do. He's putting different people in there, maybe learning something from each one of those, finding out who might be able to do it. I think he plans to put uh, driver Shane Hall in the car for five races toward the end of the season. That'll come up a little bit later. So it's uh, kind of an interesting situation. Dick has been a race driver for a lot of years, so he kind of knows what it takes from the perspective of being a driver himself. Of course, it's a new experience being a car owner, but he's learning in that direction also. But I think eventually he may turn that team around, and if he can ever find the combination of people and the driver he's looking for, They'll be okay. You mentioned Shane Hall. He finished second last night in the NASCAR Slim Jim All-Pro Series race. They ran down at Myrtle Beach. Billy Bigley Jr. picked up his second career win. And you talk about competitiveness. 
That is the eighth different winner in nine races now for the NASCAR Slim Jim All-Pro Series. Hal Goodson, who is the series point leader, he finished third ahead of Toby Porter and Ron Barfield Jr. Goodson's lead is 15 points now over Billy Bigley. That is all. Their next race is next weekend in Louisville, Kentucky. The Kroger Bluegrass 300 coming up next weekend for the NASCAR Slim Jim All-Pro Series. Also here this weekend, this actually is the third race of a triple-header weekend here in New Hampshire. Yesterday, dodging raindrops all the while and eventually shortening the event to 125 laps. Ricky Craven won the NASCAR Bush North Series event over Kelly Moore, Tom Bowles, Robbie Crouch, and Keith Lamell. While late last night, actually, wrapping up shortly after 8 o'clock, the NASCAR Featherlight Modified Tour running an Auto Palace 40, and Steve Park got the win. The Long Island driver from out in Hopog got the win over Tony Hirschman, Tim Connolly, Jan Lady, and Rick Fuller coming home in the top five positions. They dodged a lot of rain yesterday, but finally got it all in and, again, wrapped up shortly after 8. That's what NASCAR is going to do. If you're here, they're going to stick around and wait as long as there's daylight, and they finally did get the events in yesterday against all sorts of odds. Uh, we've had overcast skies all day today, but the weather couldn't have been any better here at this racetrack. 201 laps are on the board. Let's make that 202 here at New Hampshire International Speedway. John Andretti, who for a while lived and conquered New Hampshire back in the early 80s when he built the Formula Ford and raced it at the old Briar Motorsports Park here. He is the race leader until now. He'll peel off the racetrack and come to the attention of Tim Brewer and the crew in the Little Caesars pit. Let's cover that stuff. And the crew going to work on the right side of the bright purple Ford Thunderbird. The car jacked up by Terry Wooten. Darrell Andrews puts the tires in place for Gerald Tires and Tim Brewer. Now they wheel around to the left side of the car. It's only going to be a two-tire stop, 13.12 seconds. Good stop for John Andretti as he goes back onto the racetrack. And when we're talking about Tim Brewer, let's say hello to his wife, Susan, who is recovering from a broken leg and a skiing accident down on Lake Norman last week. And Tim said she was in the water before anybody knew about it for almost 45 minutes. But uh, everything's going to be all right, and we wish her a speedy recovery. You know, else is hospitalized up in this area is Bill Taylor. Uh, Bill and Nikki Taylor, his wife, uh, they are regular fixtures on the tour. They do a number of different jobs, including representing the Simpson safety products and so on. Bill is a former USAC official who's now helping out in, on this side of the fence. And Bill is hospitalized up here, but I understand doing much, much better over the last couple of days. So Bill is listening in, I believe, on our affiliate up here in the area is uh, going to be out of the hospital very, very quickly and back on the circuit with us. So we wish him the speediest of recoveries. Yeah, a lot of folks in the garage were asking about him all day on Friday, and uh, apparently everything's going to be all right for him. Michael Waltrip is a leader. 239 laps are on the board. Darrell Waltrip rides second. Those are the only two cars apparently up on the lead lap uh, that have yet to pit that were running in the top uh, 10 or 15 cars. As soon as they come in, it will recycle back around to Jeff Gordon would be the leader. And then riding in the second spot, it looks like it could be Morgan Shepard. So Morgan's had a good, strong car here all day. He really has. He's been stout all afternoon long. So exactly as you had it, the two wall trips are at the head of the field right now, Michael and then Darrell. Hope to get during today's uh, event here, the Slick 5300, the RCA Pit Strategy Award is going to be given to a pit crew that best exemplifies speed, decisiveness, and a winning spirit. 
There's a select panel looking on here today that'll award $5,000 to the one NASCAR team, and they'll be eligible for the RCA Pitch Strategy Award of the Year. That's worth $50,000 at season's end. Steve Grissom making a pit stop now, 59 laps from conclusion. He'll bring the Meineke car down the pit lane to the attention of the crew. Lap 241. Hey, I heard a little uh, scuttlebutt in the garage area. We might be seeing Buddy Parrott back at the racetrack before too long. Rumor mills said it might be around uh, the first week of August. No uh, verification, and, and nobody seemed to know exactly where he was going to pop up, but uh, folks close to the family say that Buddy might be getting a little itchy to get back to the racetrack again. Yeah, I heard about the same rumor of exactly where they were not saying, and uh, he did have an awful lot of offers. I know several oh, yeah. car owners have said, man, I'd like to have him on our team, but it'll be good to have Buddy Parrott back. He's got too much talent to hang it up this early in the game. 242 laps are up on the board. We're in the final segment here this afternoon of the Slick 5300, and we have seen some dandy racing. We've had some out there where they just rode for all 50 or 60 laps, but that 40-lap segment there when Earnhardt and Wallace and Ricky Rudd and Mark Martin and everybody else was up there beating and banging some of the best of the day. Some of the best of the year, actually, when those guys get together. They just like racing one another so often. Behind the top 10, which we've been talking so much about, Ted Musgrave is 11th. John Andretti is now cycled around at 12th. He's the first car one lap down. The top 11 are on the lead lap. Behind Andretti in 12th, Rick Mast is 13th. You've got Jimmy Spencer 14th, Robert Presley 15th. Ken Schrader is 16th. Bobby Hillen runs in 17th. 18th now is Bill Elliott, ahead of 19th Bobby Hamilton and 20th Bobby Labonte. Dale Earnhardt is now a lap down after that unscheduled stop to tighten the lug nuts. He's running 21st. 22nd is the Joe Nimichek car. 23rd, Dave Marcus. Hey, did you see where Dave went up to Wisconsin Dells this past weekend? Ran at one of his old racetracks up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin area, and he really had a great time. He and I were talking about it earlier in the weekend. I had a very competitive car. It was a car that Rod Wheeler drives. Uh, his father, Gene Wheeler, uh, has re uh, prepared some cars for me in the past for short tracks up there, and Jim Sauter drives one of their cars. But, uh, we finished, I think, six in the 100-lap feature there that night, and I drove a Legends car also. Uh, finished third in that 25-lap feature, so uh, won a semi-feature. Had a lot of fun, a lot of fun. By the way, we were flying up to Milwaukee the other day for the Bush race, and on the airplane, we were all going through some groceries. They yeah, had some, we were. We were all going, were. <laughs> we were going through some groceries. They had sandwiches, and you know the catering brought in a big tray of food. We took off, and looking out the right side of the window, there was the Atlantic Ocean, and Dave Marcus started eating. I swear to God. Next time I looked out the window, after losing money in the card game, Marcus was still eating, and here's Lake Michigan below us, and he asked for something to drink to wash the tray down, and that was about all she wrote. But uh, Dave's a heck of a guy. Another stop for Dale Earnhardt. Another stop for Dale Earnhardt. We'll cover that for you here as he slowly comes down the pit lane to the attention of the Flying Aces. He'd already gone a lap down in 21st position, and he's on pit road again. Jim Phillips. Dale comes to a stop, and they're going around the right side again. They're going to change those right side tires, so maybe more than lose lug nuts, or they did not get them off in time, and it might have rounded out the lug holes on the rim. We'll find out in just a moment. Michael Waltrip continues to lead. We continue under green flag racing here at the New Hampshire International Speedway. Michael Waltrip continues as the race leader. Remember back now a while ago, there were two definite 
separations as far as pit stop sequences were concerned in the middle stages of the race. Everybody pitted, most of the leaders did it, lap 144, the lapped cars at lap 145. Then a number of cars again pitted at lap 162, 163, 164. That's where Michael Waltrip pitted, and that's why he's staying out longer than anybody else. But here he comes now, the Pennzoil Pontiac, to the attention of Doug Hewitt and the boys that will hand the lead at lap 253 back over to Jeff Gordon. Let's cover the Michael Waltrip stuff. Brings the Pennzoil Pontiac in. It's going to be four tires and gasoline comes to a stop. He pitted on lap 163. So he was in the window of uh, well, some good gas mileage here this afternoon and the tire mileage too. They're going to change only two tires, 11.3 seconds for Michael Waltrip. Michael Waltrip down and away will go back onto the speedway. Had he been able to get a caution out there before he made his pit stop, boy, he would have been in great shape to win this race here this afternoon. 254 laps are on the scoreboard. Dave Marcus comes in to make his final stop of the day. And Jeff Gordon, uh, after Michael pitted, has assumed the lead again. Good, strong run for Morgan Shepard that we talked about a moment ago. Shepard is uh, pretty good ways back of the leader, about a straightaway over toward Alan Bestwick. But Shepard's got his hands full with Mark Martin now, who's right on Shepard's back bumper. They're racing in some pretty heavy traffic in the middle of turns three and four. They've got Bobby Hamilton right ahead of them, then the Darrell Waltrip car as well. We'll get the clock going. The leader has long since come by. Here comes Morgan Shepard in second, seven and two-tenths seconds behind. Then you've got third place, Mark Martin, then Ricky Rudd, Rusty Wallace, Terry Labonte, Derek Culp, Sterling Marlin. Ninth is, is Ted Musgrave, and tenth, John Andretti. Average speed of 107.262 miles an hour. This race has been slowed five times by caution today. Those in the garage area, Jimmy Hensley out with an accident early in the day. Chuck Bound lost an engine. So did Rich Bickle and Kyle Petty. Todd Bodine and Ward Burton involved in accidents earlier in the day. This mid-race update, sponsored by Sports Image, the officially licensed supplier of Dale Earnhardt merchandise. And remember, this year, Sports Image has expanded the women's and children's apparel line. Available just for women are denim shirts, a short set, a jogging suit, and a jacket. For children, they have short sets, sweatsuits, new infant play suits, all available by calling 1-800-342-7612 to get their free catalog or place an order. 257 laps on the board. Dale Earnhardt made that unscheduled stop a moment ago. Actually made two, came back onto the pit road and went back out on the racetrack. We're looking on our scoring monitor, and boy, did that ever cost him. He is all the way back to 23rd position, being posted, what, two laps down? Yeah, two laps in arrears right now in 23rd spot. Dale Earnhardt with his uh, two pit stops, actually three pit stops. If you go back to the original scheduled one that came at lap number 230, then the unscheduled first one at lap 232, and another at lap 246, so that's where Dale Earnhardt finds himself right now. Morgan Shepard looks back in that rearview mirror. He rides in the number two spot here this afternoon. He's got plenty of company. Mark Martin may want to take a shot at him. He's close enough to try and get around him. Martin's right there on the rear deck of Morgan Shepard, but he's got his hands full. He's got a car with uh, some fresher tires. Jeremy Mayfield now going after Martin. He'll make the pass of Martin's Ford on the back straightaway. Martin eases off and lets him go, so that'll put a lap car on a little bit of racetrack between second and third positions for now. Just 41 laps away from the finish, and don't forget the Gatorade folks have that $50,000 payday at the end of the afternoon and right now if nothing changes Jeff Gordon would inherit the NASCAR Winston Cup point lead same way he took the RJ Reynolds bonus money after the Winston select 500 at Talladega you'll remember because at this very moment Gordon would be ahead of both Sterling Marlin who'd have second place in the points and then Dale Earnhardt who potentially 
could lose his spot uh, to Ted Musgrave as tight as things are right now. Though that's uh, a bit of a long shot there. It likely would be Gordon, Marlon, Earnhardt, and Musgrave in that order. But still uh, lots on the line here today, that $50,000 bonus. And Mark Martin is not out of the picture. He's got the Unical Challenge on the line, $106,400. If he can make up some seven and a half seconds and grab a piece of the lead from Jeff Gordon. 272 laps on the board, 16 cars on the lead lap, including Darrell Waltrip. He's on the tail end of the lead lap, just ahead of the race leader, Jeff Gordon. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR racing. Guys, I'm with Jeff. One lap away from going back to green. Lap 273 on the board of 300. Jeff Bodine has taken his battered car to the garage area. Gary? Jeff, what a day. Great, great race car, but in trouble a number of times. Lost a lap early, and uh, now what puts you out here at the end? Uh, I felt a vibration. Uh, you know, I was catching Gordon and just having a good time. Trying to finish. We are quite a few laps down, but wasn't really good. We had a great car today. Uh, Everybody back at the engine shop, uh, Sashi shop, uh, did a great job. But cut a tire down going into turn three and uh, just slid up and got the wall. And it bent the car too bad. We're losing too many laps. It uh, wouldn't do any good to finish. Uh, in the beginning, you know, I bumped into Dale Jarrett. Uh, I apologized uh, over the radio. Our brakes weren't seated in, and everybody up in front stopped, and I just bumped him a little bit. I didn't feel that was worthy of a penalty, but that's an NASCAR's decision. And, then later we made a lap up, and then we got bumped by uh, Bobby Labonte, I believe it was, and uh, that really put us in a bad spot. The car was still good, but uh, we are way down. But like I say, we are just out there riding around having fun and showing everybody how good a car we had, and we're really proud of the team. They didn't give up. Uh, we kept going. Say hi to Barry. He's back home. Barry, I love you. We'll be at home tonight. Jeff Woodine out after a spectacular ride all day long. Green flag back on the field as they race over to turn two. Jeff Gordon shows the way. Morgan Shepard trying to clear himself of the lap cars of Darrell Waltrip and Bobby Labonte on the back straightaway. Gordon does clear the lap traffic. Shepard clears the lap traffic. Bobby Labonte's going to go up in line in front of Mark Martin trying to get around Darrell Waltrip, seeing if he can get back on the lead lap. Here they work off the high side of the racetrack while the leader, Jeff Gordon, pulls away using the low groove. Joe Nemechek's car hits squirrely coming off the corner. He saves it, though, just ahead of Jeremy Mayfield's automobile. And the leaders are back to turn one, 25. Five laps to go. Jeff Gordon's got a five-car length lead now. Morgan Shepard further back. Mark Martin still trapped behind some traffic, trying to work his way free. You got Terry Labonte now swinging wide to get by some of those lap cars. The field scatters farther on back. Not jockeying in and among the lap cars are some of those on the lead lap, including Ricky Rudd. He's trying to pick his way around a side-by-side race among lap cars. Jeremy Mayfield and Joe Nemechek in front of him. Got to be some hard racing going on back in the field. Fifteen cars are still on the lead lap, so some positions far from being settled. Mark Martin works his way around Bobby Labonte to try and get himself a little closer to the front two over in turn two. Martin swung low and drove hard into turn number one to clear himself. The car went a little bit wide and almost opened the gate there for Terry Labonte to make a run. Labonte now makes his pass of the Labonte car. Terry passing brother Bobby now. Bobby not able to get up and get back on the lead lap. Now he'll let brother go by. The front four cars all separated by a couple of car lengths each in four. Back now to the start finish line. The leader though continues to pull away. Morgan Shepard running as well as he can but he can't quite keep 
keep up with Jeff Gordon. Seven-tenths of a second now back to turn one. Jeff Gordon drops his car right down on the lower line of the track, coming through turns one and two. Morgan Shepard some five car lengths back, and now Mark Martin cleared himself of traffic. He's about five or six car lengths behind Morgan Shepard. Martin trying to reel him in if he can, but not making up much ground at this point. Five car lengths between first and second and second and third, and now Mark has his hands full. Terry Labonte on his bumper. Terry Labonte has been putting a little heat on Mark for the last couple of laps around. He closed in real tight down in turns one and two a moment ago. Two car lengths between those two. Meanwhile, Ricky Rudd's got some lap traffic in front of him as he's going to have to get around a couple of lap cars to get up there. And Ricky's pretty busy driving down to the inside of Jeremy Mayfield to the outside of Bobby Hamilton all at the same time. Next, he's got uh, two more machines in line before he can catch up with the front runners. Farther back, still trapped in traffic. Rusty Wallace trying to wind his way through. He goes to the outside of Dale Earnhardt's car now in the middle of turns three and four. We'll clear Earnhardt and try and catch up with Rudd. Meanwhile, on pit road, the Western Auto mechanic of the race has been determined. Winston Kelly. Ray Everham standing on top of the, the uh, pit wall here. Ray, first of all, congratulations. You've been named the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race again. Well, thanks. You know, we really appreciate Western Auto's involvement. Uh, they're a great supporter of the sport. But, you know, again, I can only accept these awards on behalf of these guys. They're the ones that do the work, and they get out over the wall and get the car ready in the shop, and I'm just proud to be part of this team. How about the pit strategy? Two tires during caution stops and four under green. Why that today? Well, we, we didn't have choice a couple of times. We needed track position pretty bad, and it just kind of worked out that way. Hasn't affected the handling of the car much. No, it really hasn't. You know, Goodyear brought an awful good tire here, so thank God for that, and, and it really hasn't affected us. That's Ray Everham, the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race, $2,000 today, and his name in the pot for that $25,000 at year end. 20 laps to go, actually about 19 and a half laps for leader Jeff Gordon. He's over in three and four, coming down out of turn number four now. He is 10 car lengths ahead of Morgan Shepard. It's about five back to the third place car of Mark Martin, about an equal distance back to the fourth place machine now of Terry Labonte. It's a long ways back to Ricky Rudd, almost three seconds. They're back in two. Ricky Rudd still got some work to do, though. Still got a couple of cars to pass to make his move. Rusty Wallace a little bit squirrely now. He's working his way around some traffic. Wallace sitting back now in the sixth position. Works off turn number two now and slips again as he tries to track down the front five. Wallace trying to work his way as he got around the Jeremy Mayfield car. That's when he got up unsettled a little bit. Next, he's got a couple of more lap cars before he'll come back in contact with Rudd and race for position. All those cars trying to pick their way through some race traffic behind Ricky Rudd and behind the cars of Rusty Wallace and Earnhardt. You've got Derek Culp. He'll try to work to the inside of Joe Nimichek. Nimichek, who ran well early, is now a lap down, but they're in a big pack of traffic in the corner. Culp safely makes a move down to the inside, and Nimichek opens the door for the car right behind him. As a matter of fact, two of them are going to try to make the pass. Musgrave gets by, and now Sterling Marlin drops down low to make his move. Marlin dives underneath as Ricky Rudd disposes of Darrell Waltrip's lap machine, so Rudd now in contact with the front four but he's a long way back. Ricky finally gets a little daylight between himself and the front of the field, but his time is going to be the factor for him. There are 17 laps remaining as the leader goes back to turn two. Jeff Gordon continues to build that lead. Morgan Shepard trying to get it to stabilize, and Mark Martin doing all he can to track down Shepard. Martin not able to close ground on Shepard any. Terry Labonte is gaining on Mark Martin just a little bit. He's able to nip a couple of feet off each lap, but it's a long way to go to catch up to him and then pass him. Right now, here come the leaders out of turn number four. Brett Bodine, who's all the way at the end of the field now, beginning to vent a little fluid from the rear of his Lowe's automobile. He'll work back towards the start-finish line, hoping to be able to complete the 16 laps that remain here today. But the leader is Jeff Gordon. He's pulling away from the field.
The next time Jeff Gordon comes to the start-finish line, he'll be seeing the 10-lap-to-go signal from Chief Starter Doyle Ford. Meanwhile, on the racetrack, news not quite as good for John Andretti. Looks as though his efforts may come up about 10 laps shy of the finish. A lot of smoke from behind the car a short while ago, though he's still running at a fairly decent pace. Don't know exactly what the problem might be, but he is very, very slow now being lapped again by Jeff Gordon. Tough break for John Andretti, who was running very well earlier in the day and still getting that, that typical Tim Brewer fuel mileage too. Yeah, he might have lost a cylinder on the car or something. He's just trying to nurse it home and get some kind of a finish right now. Jeff Gordon is still the leader. He has an advantage now of one and three-tenths seconds. That's the biggest one he's had since they put him back under green. They're over in three. And he continues to pour the coals into the boiler and build that lead on Morgan Shepard. Terry Labonte had closed on Mark Martin trying to make a race out of it for third spot, but after taking a couple shots at him, looks like he might have used up what he had left, and Mark is pulling away again. You know, interestingly, Jeff Gordon, you know, has three DNFs this year. There are three races that he did not finish, whereas Dale Earnhardt had only one, and Sterling Marlin has been running at the end of every race this season. But it looks as though with his significant leads that he's had all year, Gordon will hang on to the point lead. But it's rare when you see a guy who either wins or finishes way back, kind of like Rusty a few years ago. What do you have, eight wins one year, ten wins the next? But he either won or he finished back in the 20s or the 30s. Earnhardt has not had, nor has Marlin, the DNFs that Gordon has had, but Jeff continues to pull away. He's just had so many good, consistent finishes and four wins, and if he hasn't won, he's finished up in the top seven or eight or the top five almost every week, while Dale Earnhardt today, he's really going to take a licking on his points all the way back, what, 23rd now? Yeah. And uh, coming into this race with the guys that are ahead of him, Sterling Marlin's going to finish ahead of him, I think. Sterling will finish in the top ten, yeah, you've got to so figure. Yeah, that's going to make a big difference when the points are tallied up after the race today as John Andretti eases by one more time, just trying to nurse it home. He got the black flag this time by, though, with seven laps to go, so John would at least have to come down pit road to uh, the attention of Tim Brewer and the boys. Further back in the top ten, behind the front five we've been talking about, sixth is Rusty Wallace, Derek Cope runs seventh, Ted Musgrave is eighth, Sterling Marlin now in ninth, and Kenny Schrader, remember he got his lap back earlier, he's running in the tenth spot. Other cars on the lead lap, Rick Mast is eleventh, Jimmy Spencer twelfth, Robert Presley all day long on the top uh, 10, 12, 13 cars. He's now in 13th spot and 14th position. Last car in the lead lap is Michael Waltrip. And we've got six laps to go. 294 come up on the scoreboard as Jeff Gordon eases back down into turn number one. And Joe, it looks like the interval's getting a little closer for Morgan Shepard. Might be, but it's not, I don't think, because it Morgan Shepard's reeling him in so much as, as it is the fact that Jeff Gordon has got it on cruise control and knows he really doesn't have to push it too hard at this stage of the race. He's got about a second and a half, almost two-second lead over Morgan Shepard, so he can afford to kind of lay back and take it easy at this stage of the race. The break now between all front four cars is a pretty good interval from first to second, even bigger back from second to third. The shortest interval there will be, as they work back into turn number one, Terry Labonte trying to reel Mark Martin back in. Well, even Terry Labonte was a little bit closer to Mark uh, just a couple of laps ago. Mark began to stretch it out there, so among the top five, has beginning to build up quite a bit of distance now. Jeff Gordon now coming into turn number three, down to the bottom of the racetrack. A few more laps around. He may encounter some lap traffic. Might come into play before the checkered flag waves. Here comes John Andretti down the pit lane now to the crew. The crew had been running all the way up towards, actually they were trying to catch him. I don't believe he's got any brakes. He's going real, real slow past his pit stall and just kind of uh, 
gets pushed on in behind the wall. So either a brake problem or engine failure, but tough way to have to end it. It'll be four laps shy of the finish. The leader is in turn three. It is Jeff Gordon now. His car one more time settles into the corner and begins to work its way out of turn four and onto the main straightaway. Talk about a team that has come together. Jeff Gordon and his crew really have. Here he is across the line with about three laps remaining for Jeff Gordon. Morgan Shepard still about the same interval, about 15 or 20 car lengths behind. They're back in turn two. Gordon Chevrolet just sails back into turn number one, very nicely up off off turn two and down the back straightaway. Two Fords right behind him. Morgan Shepard in the Mark Martin car, then the Chevrolet of Terry Labonte. Ricky Rudd's car farther back in fifth, the distance of the back straightaway behind Jeff Gordon, who's already in turn number four and on his way one more time. Morgan Shepard has an awfully good car today, but just can't quite keep up with Jeff Gordon as they come to the stripe. Two laps to go. The members of the media covering the Slick 5300 today have just voted the Goodies Headache Award to Jeff Bodine. He'll take the $1,000, so Jeff takes that uh, dubious honor after a tough day. Also a $250 donation going to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina from Goodies Headache Powders in the name of Jeff Bodine. Well, Jeff Bodine certainly was deserving of the Goodies Headache Award here today. As we said, he had one of the cars that could have maybe won this thing, but he had all kinds of trouble. Here's Jeff Gordon, the leader across the line. White flag for Gordon as he eases back down into turn number one. Morgan Shepard about 10 car lengths behind him. Gordon doesn't have to worry about a thing now. It's a last trip through turns one and two, right down to the inside lane. He swings it wide off turn number two, sets his sights down the back straightaway. Second place car, Morgan Shepard, 10 car lengths back. One more time, Gordon winds that engine out to full song. Now off to the accelerator on the brakes down to the bottom of turn number three. Now he can see the checkered flag as he heads off turn four. And here in New Hampshire on July the 9th, the NASCAR Winston Cup points will take a big shuffle. Jeff Gordon wins the race. He'll take over the NASCAR point lead. Dale Earnhardt will drop all the way back to 22nd in the finishing order. And the third man in the points battle, Sterling Marlin, will come home ninth here in the Slick 50 300. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio, sponsored by Ford Trucks and your local Ford dealer. Have you driven a Ford? Lately, for the fifth time this year, Jeff Gordon has driven the DuPont Chevrolet into victory lane in a NASCAR Winston Cup event. He does it in back-to-back -back weekends on the high banks of Daytona, now the flat track of New Hampshire. Welcome back, everyone. Along with Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Jeff Gordon wins the Slick 5300 and in so doing takes home the NASCAR Winston Cup Series halfway point lead and the $50,000 bonus paid by Gatorade. Meanwhile, the Unical Challenge goes unwon today. It will now roll over to $114,000 next weekend at Pocono. Going to be a lot of pressure for whoever gets you the pole. A lot right. of pressure to just try and get the pole and have a shot at that money. Unofficially across the line, Gordon is the winner. Morgan Shepard will finish second. Mark Martin runs third. Terry Labonte will finish fourth. And rounding out the top five would be Ricky Rudd. Let's go to the garage area. Winston Kelly. Caught up with Morgan Shepard. Morgan, that 24 car was strong today, but this Wood Brothers car is pretty stout too. How about today's run? Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, we... Uh, had some tires that was too tight on and was going to loosen it up, but uh, then we put on another set and it was pretty good. And so uh, we just didn't do any adjustments and uh, uh, said go Thunderbird to run good. I just like to thank the good Lord we had a safe race and uh, uh, I feel like we almost won this thing here. Well, those last 20 or 30 laps, the car seemed stable. Like Jeff wasn't pulling away. You weren't catching him, but he didn't seem like he was pulling away much. No, I was hunting different places on the racetrack to try to gain on him a little bit. And it seemed like through turn one, I could go low. And that's where I'd make my biggest gain. 
His best run of 1995, the Sitco Colors and Morgan Shepard come home second. Let's check in with Gary Montgomery. I've got third place finisher Mark Martin who started on the pole today. Mark, a great run all day long. It fell a little short of that $106,000 bonus, however. Third place finish, not bad for the Valvoline team. Not bad. That's uh, too bad. You know, we, uh, we were really good in the beginning, but the sealer in the corners on the patches started to wear through, and, uh, and the setup, you know, changed. It was real good the first half, and in the second half, we never did quite get it like we needed it. He's smiling, but he'd be smiling a whole lot more if he'd won that $106,000. Mark Martin, third place finisher here today. Strong, strong run for them, nevertheless. Let's go back to Winston Kelly. Well, we've caught up with uh, Terry Labonte, who chased down Mark Martin with about five laps to go, and then it seemed to stabilize. How about those last 10, 15, 20 laps of the race? Yeah, I just couldn't get by him. You know, we pitted that last time, and uh, we put uh, just two tires on the on on that time for the track position, and our car wasn't quite as good as it had been, but it was still a good run for us. The Kellogg Chevrolet ran good, and we, we didn't get to practice much yesterday, so we kind of guessed at the setup, and Gary and all the guys just did a great job. What kind of changes did you have to make to the setup without much practice yesterday? Well, we did, we, we changed a couple of springs, and, uh, of course, we had changed the engine and everything and, and uh, didn't get to run it any, but the engine ran great, and the car worked good all day. He's a two-time winner this year and comes home fourth this afternoon, Terry Labonte. Other fine runs today for a number of teams, including Rusty Wallace came home in sixth, Derek Cope finishing seventh unofficially, then Ted Musgrave, Sterling Marlin. Ken Schrader had a good run today. The Plasticoat Winning Finish Award, $2,000 each week to the winning crew chief. And again, Ray Evernham takes home that award for the fifth time this year. So an additional $2,000 bonus to Ray Evernham, who, as we told you earlier, also won the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award. Back to the garage one more time. Cut up with fifth place finisher Ricky Rudd. Ricky, you got me out of breath here. <laughs> How'd you get here so quick? Well, we just took a quick hike from, uh, hold on, let me, there we go, I turned the television off in the lounge here. Uh, we had a good run, you know, I, I guess what hurt us all day, one of our guys on the crew, his wife had a baby, and, and that hurt us in the pits all day. We couldn't get good track position, and uh, I, I think we, we didn't have anything for Jeff at the very end, but I think we had a good shot at a second, third place. We ended up fifth, so we'll take it. He's smiling after a fifth place finish, a winner here last year. Ricky Rudd, congratulations today. Thank you very much. Ricky had a good run here, and as he said, he fell back a couple of times, just was not able to get back up there. But I'll tell you, Jeff Gordon's car all day long was just about as good as you're going to see at this racetrack. Doesn't get much better than he's been running here in the last few weeks. Ray Evernham, the crew chief, takes home yet another award. The voting in now for the UAW GM Teamwork of Excellence Award. $5,000 more for Ray Evernham as the awards continue to mount. Let's go to victory lane. Well, Jeff, to start with, you had your work cut up or you had to start 21st today, but after that, it was all downhill. Uh, man, what a car. What a crew chief. Man, he, he was awesome today. He, uh, he had that thing right on the money coming into the race. Uh, we had to guess on everything. We, the crew came through for us on the pit stops. I mean, everything was perfect today on this DuPont Chevrolet. The Goodyear tires worked wonderfully. and. You know, I, I really never thought that uh, we, we'd get out in the lead, and, and if we did, you know, we made some some uh, risky calls on some two-tire stops, and it worked for us every single time. And, uh, man, I mean, the car was just on a rail, and, and I really thought Mark Martin was going to be the guy to beat, then Earnhardt, then Rudd. I mean, I didn't know who, who was going to be the guy to, that we had to beat, but uh, they were all real tough out there and, and definitely made us work for it. Well, you had your troubles in qualifying, and you didn't get a lot of practice to get this car right. No, I didn't, but I knew the car was good. Um, you know, I could tell that, that it was going to be really good on the long run, even though I only made maybe five laps was the longest run we ever made. But, you know, that's, again, that's what makes a great team is being able to communicate uh, the way we do and, and work together and believe in each other. And 
I believe a lot in Ray Evernham and their, those Rainbow Warriors, and uh, you know we just refuse to lose. That's kind of our motto, and uh, it certainly worked for us today. Well, now you've got the points lead and fifty thousand dollars from Gatorade. That's great. You know you got to thank Gatorade. Uh, they uh, they do a lot for this sport. We're certainly uh, glad to to take that check home, but. Uh, you know, that's a lot of pressure, and this is where we're really going to have to shine. Uh, you know, we're on top of the points. We'd love to stay there, but, again, we're just going to go at it each race at a time and uh, just, you know, batter our way to the end of the season see what happens. Jeff Gordon wins here at New Hampshire. Super run for Jeff Gordon, and yet another honor now for Ray Everham as the hits just keep on coming. The RCA Pit Strategy Award goes to the DuPont team and crew chief Ray Everham. Let's see, he got 2,000 from Western Auto. He gets 2,000 from Plastic Coat. That's 4,000. 10 grand from the others. $14,000 in bonuses today alone for Ray Everham, the crew chief of the DuPont Chevrolet. Barney, time for you and I to vote the Ray Bestus Break of the Race Award. We'll award $500 from Ray Bestus Breaks to the driver who receives a good break or a bad break. And um, I made two notations, both for fellows to get their laps back. Uh, Jeff Bodine got his lap back on caution number three, although his day continued to, to suffer. Uh, Kenny Schrader, though, late in the race, remember, on that last caution, got his lap back and came on to finish 10th. That might be a good nomination. Yeah, I think Schrader, uh, both those guys, very deserving of the nomination here, but Schrader will come home and finish, you know, so in 10th position, so let's go in that direction. All right, so the Ray Bestest Break of the Race Award, $500 to Ken Schrader and the Budweiser team for getting his lap back and coming home in 10th spot here this afternoon. As soon as we return, a full look at the rundown. Average speed for today's Slick 5300, 106.999 miles an hour. Here's the rundown for you. Jeff Gordon is the winner. Morgan Shepard will finish second. Mark Martin finishes third. Terry Labonte comes home fourth. Ricky Rudd was fifth. Rusty Wallace sixth. Derek Cope finished seventh. Ted Musgrave was eighth. Sterling Marlin ninth. Kenny Schrader tenth. Rick Mast was 11th. Jimmy Spencer 12th. Robert Presley finished 13th, and Michael Waltrip 14th. All those cars show up on the lead lap. A lap down in 15th, Bobby Labonte 16th, Bobby Hamilton. Darrell Waltrip finished 17th, Bill Elliott 18th, Joe Nemechek finished 19th, and Bobby Hillen rounded out the top 20. Brett Bodine finishes 21st. Two laps down will be Dale Earnhardt in 22nd. 23rd place today, Elton Sawyer. Lake Speed finishes 24th. Jeff Burton was 25th. 26th, Jeremy Mayfield with 27th going to Hutt Strickland. Steve Grissom finishes 28th. 29th is Dave Marcus and 30th Dale Jarrett. 31st place this afternoon was the Ricky Craven car. Mike Wallace finishes 32nd. 33rd John Andretti who did retire with brake failure, not engine problems. 34th today goes to Dick Trickle. Jeff Bodine will finish 35th. 36th is Todd Bodine. Kyle Petty finishes 37th. 38th will be Rich Bickle. Ward Burton comes home in 39th. Chuck Bound 40th. And first out of the event, Jimmy Hensley He'll finish in 41st position today. Next stop for the NASCAR Winston Cup teams, the Pocono International Raceway in Pennsylvania. will be there next week. Actually, track activity begins on Thursday with the makeup of the rained-out ARCA race. That's next Thursday afternoon. Friday, Bush Pole qualifying beginning at 3.30 Eastern time, followed by the NASCAR Sportsman Series 150. That will go green at roughly 4.30 next 
Friday afternoon. Then on Saturday, the regularly scheduled ARCA event. That's at Pocono with Sunday's Miller 500. One week from today, 1245 Eastern Time, right here on MRN Radio. And there are tickets remaining at Pocono, so you might want to give the Mattiolis a call and join us all up there. Also coming up over the next number of days, the NASCAR Super Truck Series by Craftsman runs the 200-lapper at the Colorado National Speedway in Erie, Colorado, next Saturday afternoon at 2. The NASCAR Featherlight Modified Tour running next Saturday evening, a 150-lapper in Jennerstown, Pennsylvania. The NASCAR Bush North Series runs the Fisher Snowplows 150 at Tioga Speedway in Owego, New York. That's next Saturday the 15th at 9 o'clock in the evening. We mentioned earlier the NASCAR Slim Jim All-Pro Series runs the Bluegrass 300 up in Louisville, Kentucky. That's Saturday at 7. The NASCAR Goodies Dash Series running the Budweiser 100 at Greenville Pickens Speedway in South Carolina next Saturday at 8 o'clock. On the dirt, the NASCAR Bush All-Star Tour runs the Northwest Bank 50 also next Saturday, July the 15th, 7 o'clock at the Park Jefferson Speedway in Jefferson, South Dakota. On the West Coast, the NASCAR Winston West Series running the Valencia Dodge 200 next Saturday evening at 7. That's at the Saugus Speedway in Santa Clarita, California. And the Franks Chevrolet 125 for the NASCAR Rebco Northwest Tour. Yakima, Washington next Saturday evening at 7 o'clock. So basically, there's a NASCAR Touring Series event somewhere near you, plus, of course, the Winston Racing Series action at the local tracks across the country. We do want to thank Melanie Bestwick and Joan Rui. They were on the scoring loop here this weekend. We appreciate their help. Out in the corners, Joel Moore and Alan Bestwick covering the action, while down on pit road, Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Gary Montgomery were busy all afternoon. Don't forget, throughout the week, Ned Jarrett's World of Racing weekday mornings. Alan Bestwick with NASCAR Today weekday afternoons and our weekly get-together NASCAR Live Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock right here on MRN as we open up the phone lines toll-free at 1-800-2-NASCAR. For Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Thanks so much for being with us here in New Hampshire this weekend and our congratulations again to Jeff Gordon who wins the race and takes the lead in the NASCAR Winston Cup Series point standings. Until we talk next weekend from Pocono, you have a great week. So long, everybody. MRN Radio, coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the New Hampshire International Speedway. Sponsored by Raybestos Brakes. When it comes to safety, don't compromise. Say Raybestos, the best in brakes. By Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. By Pontiac, the official pace car of NASCAR, 24 years running. Pontiac, we are driving excitement. By Anheuser-Busch, brewers of smooth bush beer and easy drinking bush light. Head for the mountains of bush. By Unical 76, for quality gasoline, keep your eye on the ball. By Goodyear, number one in racing, number one in tires. By STP, makers of fuel performance additives like STP Super Concentrated Fuel Injector Cleaner and STP Gas Treatment. Go with STP and drive a better car. By Gatorade Thirst Quencher, the official sports beverage of NASCAR. Hey, life is a sport, drink it up. By Wix Filters, the choice of Joe Gibbs NASCAR Winston Cup Racing Team. They're available for you at professional auto parts stores. By Heilig Myers Furniture. At Heilig Myers, we furnish America. By Lowe's, when you want the job done right, race into Lowe's Home Improvement Warehouse. 
by Texaco Haviland Formula 3 motor oil. Add more life to your car. Take it to the star by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. There's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. By Bosch, makers of Bosch Super, the premium copper core spark plug. And by RCA DSS. RCA, changing entertainment again. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer, Alan Bestwick. Chief engineer, Harry Howard. Affiliate relations, David Hyatt, Cheryl Knight, and Stephanie Ellis. Remote operations director, Clark Moore. Production assistant, Sandy Good. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This has been MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR, and brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Join us every Thursday for more classic races from the MRN Vault.